which is funny because at the time that was like, oh my God, I'm going to be making over $10 an hour. <laughs> it's a big jump. Like, I feel like anytime that that jump is discussed, like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I know the, the second we, I went into double digits, I was like, oh God, <laughs> I won't be able yeah. to carry these stacks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Look out 1%, here yeah. I come. <laughs> everybody to another episode of the motor mouth podcast the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere i'm joel tyree and with me as always is my esteemed co-host the tim gerard hello hi tim (laughs) (laughs) so two topics ender sanity leaves i have a vague suspicion of what you might want to discuss (laughs) well and, and that was the thing i was kind of like who who who's gonna pick this i know i usually go first but i was also like is is joel gonna have something else prepared if i pick it is it what he wants to talk about so when within our uh, message stream when you said i wonder what we're going to talk about i took that as the signal that if we're gonna have a second topic i have to come up with it well, um. so that was the thing is i was like i kind of came that's what i want to check is like okay do i have another topic do i want to just be like i'm gonna jump on the obvious one and make you figure something else out (laughs) so i have i have something that's adjacent um so i could do that if you if you don't have another topic picked well here's the thing i have (laughs) i have two auxiliary topics and i want to kind of treat them as such because i feel like there's enough to discuss in the hypothetical choice that i thought you brought Right. that we could fill a whole episode with that's what i was wondering too do we do a special episode of just you know two people you know uh two men one topic kind of thing <laughs> i like that <laughs> two men enter one topic tries to claw its way away <laughs> <laughs> so l- w- dramatic reveal what what did you bring mandalorian season two season baby two and okay. the finale yep <laughs> yeah i i think why don't we do this? Like if we find ourselves running dry in content, which is a podcast important word, we will pivot <laughs> to one of the auxiliary topics. And it's one of those things where I don't want to bring them up and then not get to them. So right. if, if we get to a certain, this is like podcast history for our yeah. formula that's been established by five previous episodes. <laughs> We're fucking it up. Uh, We'll we'll reveal that if we start to run dry on on this topic, but I, I doubt that we will. I even took I took notes or at least like outline of what to discuss Mandalorian <laughs> wise. So <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean that's the thing too. There's a, there's enough periphery that that it could lead into. You know, it's like it's not like oh okay we're going to talk about eight episodes and nothing else. You know, right. it's like obviously it's going to reach out into the rest of the universe. So there's, we have, yeah, we there's... never have problems discussing star wars to the right. degree <laughs> we've infected a whole nother podcast with it almost every episode right 
So how do you want to approach this? Because I was thinking if we went on an episode to episode basis and then use the finale as like the last gas. Oh, we could do that, I guess. We could kind of skim through. Yeah. I know we didn't do that with the first season, but I mean, I feel like the the first season was also a little farther away where this one's way more fresh, you know. And that one was more of Um, a surprise to to me. Yeah. (laughs) I think since since we kind of knew that this was going to be the topic and we were both like excited to talk to each other about it, like we can go at it a little more structured. Well, let's also let's add the the context too, is that uh, so this is the Monday after it premiered on the Friday. Yeah. So this is sort of like what the, you know, the, the, the length of time we're talking here and why the, where the excitement is coming from. Yeah. We haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. Um, you had but, seen it on Friday before I did. And you were like, Oh God, the Mandalorian. And it was like, shut up. Haven't seen it yet. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like I, I try to preface all my excitement with, right. Oh my yeah. God. And no, yeah. nothing else. Like I wait yeah. to hear if anything else has been said. So that's that's where I kind of like to live and what I what I'm kind of excited about is because of the delay with us recording in advance like by the time this airs people will have forgotten how hyped they were for it and then like they'll have three month nostalgia and they want to go in and listen yeah except they'll have that one guy oh what the hell spoilers I haven't seen it yet it's like it's been over a fucking month you had time there has been twitter (laughs) anything related to baby yoda has been spoiled way quicker than anything else yeah so, um, so episode nine or chapter nine, right? Yeah. Is the Marshall, which is what a badass opening to a season. Like I felt like this season was, oh, you know how you liked the previous season. We're going to improve the quality of every episode all the way through. Like right. every episode of this season was my favorite episode when it aired. Like, yeah. Not to say that that wasn't what the first season was like. I felt like that with the first, but I feel like there was a couple filler episodes in that first season, but this one, it felt like everything was just like doubling and tripling down. I also like too that, that, you know, there was also a sense of season one was kind of like, oh, look, you know, we're we're throwing in some little things that are, that are hinting at the bigger universe, you know, Mm -hmm. that this is not a self-contained story and it's like you kind of go into the season two being like i wonder if they're going to continue with that or if that was just the thing to draw us in and now it's just going to be its own self-contained story and then they like up the ante on that too it's like oh is this related to the bigger star wars universe does this connect oh you, you just wait and see you know it's like yeah like you're like, goddamn oh, shit, right okay <laughs> So, so wait, I, I need a little bit of refresher because, you know, and, and this is the, this is what comes from not binge watching a series is that, you know, episode one, I watched eight weeks ago. So I kind of don't, so g- give me a little, what's the, not a, a whole synopsis, but just like get me started just so I can go, oh yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> this is the crate Dragon. Oh, right. Okay. So yes, this is okay. Sheriff Boba Fett, who's not Boba Fett, Sheriff right. Boba Oliphant right yeah (laughs) and it's that post-credit reveal of the actual boba fett right and it it has great way to start the season it's it's so so and i think that's the thing like the confidence i I, not to say that like again the first season wasn't like not confident this one just like what you were saying with like we're not just peppering in fan service stuff they're like going hard and the confidence with which they opened because the crate dragon is something we we we've seen the skeleton of in a new hope. We've heard mm. the roar of in a new hope. Like that's how old 
the 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 myth of the crate dragon is um we also see it animated in the special um that's what boba fett ends up writing in the special so it was a real cool continuity too because it was like the crate dragon with boba fett and in the, i think the continuity is that the crate dragon ate the sarlacc oh okay. that's that's kind of what they tease um because it's living at the base of that big cliff and i think like there there's some it's somebody kind of throws out a we're, we're not going to run out of topics like there's so much to talk <laughs> yeah. about we're in episode one and i'm already remembering all these things um but like this i i love this space western aesthetic i mean just just period but this is like the the man with no name right comes into a town there's a sheriff there's some issues he's wearing the wrong armor he's not supposed to oh that's not his armor and i mean the the audible squee like this was the season of squee for me like mm-hmm. everything <laughs> everything boba fett related just made me make noises i've never made before <laughs> and even even as ill-fitting as it was because the kind of shoulder pads were too, like him oliphant's a big guy T- timothy oliphant's a big guy yeah so it doesn't fit him right yeah. and well he's tall but he's thin so that's that's right. what's really kind of funny about it yeah is that like you had you had so much left of his his abdomen that was right. not covered by the armor you yeah. know and it was just kind of like hey this is I found this i'm wearing it <laughs> and i loved that all of the memes with like the when your parents buy you the the helmet and you have to wear it over your coat to go trick-or-treating like <laughs> when they get you the cheapo costume like the yeah. the towel tied around your neck with the clothespin to be superman like mm-hmm. um and that like i was so excited like if if we saw nothing else of boba just seeing someone else wear his armor and and kind of own that person because that's what I always helped hoped for from Boba Fett was that it was a mantle that somebody killed the guy and took his armor and he was the badass who inherited the legend like that was like in the back of my mind like I wasn't right. too pleased with the little kid who in Clone Wars is kind of a dipshit doesn't really progress or grow or anything so it, it and i haven't watched too much of rebels i do know like how he gets the dent in his helmet from that episode of rebels um i hope i'm not ruining that for you tim i mean i've seen rebels i don't remember doesn't he he and bosk have a shootout in rebels yeah it's not in clone wars oh okay maybe it's late season i don't know i i also have like Wait. i've only seen that sequence so okay um, I mean, I've seen all of Rebels, but I don't, yeah, I don't remember that part. Okay, gotcha. I'll have to go back and look for that then. Yeah. So it was just so cool to like, oh, they're going to, it's the gunslinger set up, somebody else is wearing it, and it, it garners the respect that the Mandalorian armor do, and Boba Fett's armor does, right? Like, this is the bad, but like the second that he starts to take off his helmet, it's such a great moment for, for Mando because we realize that he's, whoever's wearing it's not Mandalorian. He's also not Boba Fett, and he's going to have a problem with Mando because Mando's like, you don't take off your mask. And then there's great like story building with the culture of the Tusken Raiders and they have sign language and they have this like culture. Like I really liked that aspect because they've always been drawn as these like savage mindless Raiders. And that that's, right. I mean, there's cultural problems with that, right? Like who they're meant to stand in for in the, in the previous films. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was so cool to see that aspect. And then like they take out a crate dragon, which is a big fucking tremors 
slug thing, like scary. I did so little. I mean, I'm going to get into the minutia of all of this in in expanded universe lore um, with the the Tuscan Raiders relationship to their Bantha is really, really strong. Like this is it's almost like a marriage. Um, so if a Tuscan dies, a Bantha dies like it 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 its bond is so strong and they're meant to like rely on each other so much that it's like this really important bond and if a tuscan's bantha dies in legend what they would do is just walk out into the dune sea to die to starve and die because their their mount had passed so it's like this really strong like horse riding like like mount relationship so when they just bring the bantha up to sacrifice him i was like that's fucked up like that totally flies in the face of like the own like there's only been like a little it's this really obscure expanded universe novel they're not using it as source material but i was like that always stuck with me in my head is like that was like a cool that was the kind of minutial right. stuff i really liked about the expanded universe was like i didn't know how tuscan raiders worked or what their culture was like and that really stuck out in my mind so when the dragon comes up and eats the guys sacrificing the bantha. I was like, justification. Yes, you deserve that, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, yeah, and we get to see the uh, the malfunctioning jetpack that uh, uh, the Oliphant had, which is kind of like a, a, a callback to uh, Han smacking into it and lighting it off. Right. And, I mean, Mando just gets swallowed doesn't doesn't have a problem blows the sucker up and leaves like it, it's just such such a strong opening yeah it was definitely one of those things like oh are they gonna have to fight this thing for a few episodes is like right. is it not gonna work out so the fact that like that whole thing got resolved in one episode two is just kind of like oh okay so you're you're not just planting seeds like you're you're getting shit done <laughs> you know yeah yeah and that's, I think that was the other thing. Like, there's a pacing to this. Like, there's a lot of MacGuffing hunting in the Mandalorian show, just period, right? Find the guy to save the thing, to kill the guy, to do the thing. Like, I, I'm not having as much of a problem with it over the course of this because it's like one episode, one thing, right? Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm enjoying how it's paced. Whereas with episode nine, I was like, why is this all within two and a half hours? And it's dizzying and nothing is really treated as important. Um, yeah, it's like the part of the video game that I skip. It's like, okay, if I'm going to go through all this just to get a heart <laughs> container, I'll just I'll skip it. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, it, I this is the 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 uh, variable episode length. I think really lends itself to this. Like, you can mm -hmm. have a 48 minute episode and have an arc like this and defeat the thing, and move on to the next one. Like, I, I really like that they're doing that. That they're only letting the episode be as long or as short as it needs to be to tell that story. Right. Um. So, I don't know. Did you? Should we move on to episode two? Um. Well, so well, I guess just one more thing with that is like, yeah, yeah I, I I knew kind of going into it, like I had heard that they had gotten the actor who had you know had played you know Django Fett and all the clones and oh they're having him come back as Boba Fett it's like oh like what a great idea like we we know what the guy's face looks like now right. because we've seen you know so but again like I was like thinking oh eventually we'll see him not right. end of episode yeah. one like boom here he is like yes this is confirmed this isn't just a rumor this is happening and here you go you know um so so yeah so that was great to kind of 
get that payoff right away, you know, but, but I mean, it was still like a little bit of a teaser because you just saw him, you know, and it was enough to, I feel like it was also enough to be like, if you didn't know that going into him, cause he looked different, he's older, obviously. Right. So like, if you didn't know, would you maybe be like, well, who is that? You know? Right. Um, so I feel like there's still, there was still a degree of mystery that could have come about with that, which I kind of liked, you know, like I knew who it was because I was expecting it. You know, I knew like, okay, we're on Tatooine. Like we saw the armor, you know, it kind of leads into it. Um, which sometimes, you know, it, it does kind of make me wish I did. I, I knew nothing from right. the internet, you know, cause it's like how much of a surprise would that have been even seeing Boba Fett's armor? Like, you know, cause I wouldn't have expected that had I not heard that, oh yeah, you know, that actor is going to be in it. Oh, so we're going to see Boba Fett. Okay. You know, but that was also a nice kind of bait and switch that like when you see, you know, it's, it's not Boba Fett, it's the armor, you know, so you're going into it saying like, I'm going to see Boba Fett this season. And then it's like, here you go. And it's like, wait, no, that's not (laughs) Boba Fett. What what the fuck are you doing? And I I like that they still played with the ambiguity where it could have been a clone, right? It, it, Mm. because it's the same guy, right? And right. uh, I mean, they even play with that, like he knows he's a clone, like that shared lineage thing where Bo-Katan gives him shit about be uh, this armor belonged to my father. You mean your donor? Like oh, that, yeah. that line, mm-hmm. that really shitty line. Um, that's the finale. I don't want to get too far ahead, but I like that ambiguity. Like he's on Tatooine. We've seen his armor. Like it most likely it's Boba Fett. And I, yeah. I freaked out. I was so excited to see that. And I, I had had a conversation with uh, one of my friends, Chelsea, where I was like, if we see nothing else of Boba Fett in this movie or in this series, I'll be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, or if they do like a parallel where he ends up hunting the child too. And then we get like episodes with him and episodes with Boba or uh, Mando, like that would have been cool. Like I was going to be happy with whatever they did with Boba Fett. Yeah. And what they did was so fucking amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, not to get too far ahead. So like uh, leading into the, the, the next episode, the passenger. So this is frog lady, ice spiders, Grogu mm. being a little shit. Um, this was a hard episode to watch for me. Like it, I, I thought it was really tense. Spiders in a cave is not the newest thing, but I thought it was like really tense and really well done. And Grogu is just like the least discerning eater of all time. Like he goes basically to a face hugger egg and just eats the spider inside of it, waking up the bigger spiders. Um, But the whole, like, I, I I think I was writing notes or something at the time. I was like, Grogu is the villain of that episode. It really (laughs) bothered me that he was eating those eggs. Like, so like selfishly, I, it really bothered me. Well, see, and, and I think we, we, we talked briefly about this and I'll mm-hmm. kind of get back to what I was saying. And, and I, not, uh, I don't, I don't want to be preachy, but in, in sort of like the, so, so I've been, I've been vegetarian for years now and pretty much since uh, coronavirus happened, I'm mostly vegan because, you know, my wife's vegan and, you know, so when, when she's cooking and whatever we're eating here, you know, it's like we, there were times where if we'd go to a restaurant, say for breakfast, you know, she'd get tofu, I'd get eggs, you know, that kind of thing. So, so for me, and, and again, I don't know if this is me reading into it or, or just kind of being used to sort of the, um, that perspective that like, you know, um, one of the things I'll bring up since it's not like me saying it, like it's my own thoughts, but like 
uh, when I worked at the bookstore, there was a book, um, I think it was called like some we love, some we hate, some we eat or something like that. And it was about, and it like, like it was about animals. Like for some we love, it was like a dog. Some we hate was a rat. Some we eat, it was a pig. And it was saying, you know, kind of pointing out, and I never read the book, but I kind of read, you know, like the back cover enough to kind of be getting into that sort of social psychology or whatever of how it's like, oh yeah, we'll look at this animal and be like, this is a pet and I love it. And we'll look at this animal and be like, mm, I can't wait to kill it, cook it and eat it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and to the animals, they're all just animals, you know? And, and I thought like, to me, kind of what I saw in that was, you know, like with Grogu just kind of being like, what, this is food, you know? And that, because we had different information about that, those eggs and that person, like it sort of created this attachment. Whereas when he was like eating that frog, when he's in the towel, like that's kind of cute and funny and kind of gross and whatever, or he's eating the spider. It was gross because it was a fucking spider, you know, like it just looked gross. Um, So it was kind of like, it was weird for me because it was like, it it was like um, at the same level as all the other stuff he was eating. You know, because right. it wasn't like, well, like, why is that 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 frog that he ate earlier? And maybe that's part of it, too. Like he ate an actual frog, which was alive and it was ha 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 ha. And then he's eating like an egg. And it's like, oh, right. you know, so it's kind of weird, like this, this disconnect that happened. So so, you know, again, not to be like uh, I, I'm not to say it in sort of like a preachy shaming sort of way, but that's sort of just like a lot of the. The, you know, the more, and my wife's definitely gotten more into the the psychology and the research about it than I have. I'm just kind of like, hey, it's a personal decision I made. That's what it is. Um, but like the more you kind of see that, you know, and, um, you know, it especially comes up whenever, you know, they talk about other countries eating dogs and Americans are like, how fucking dare they? And it's right. like, you know, what, what, what do you think Indians think about when we eat cows? You know, like, you know, it's like how every culture kind of has their sort of, you know, columns of these animals are okay to eat these aren't um so i thought it was interesting and i I, you know that was kind of just like how i took it is like you know this this guy isn't discerning one thing from another he's not looking at it as like oh this is this person's egg it's like that's my food i want to eat it um so I, i thought it was kind of interesting like and i had wondered this after watching episode eight when you know when chewy is making one of the little porgs Right. And there's the other parks who are just kind of like staring at them all sad, like, like, Hey, that's, that's my friend or that's my brother you're eating, you know? And it was like, it, you know, it, it was kind of, it made me wonder like, Oh, is Disney trying to go a whole like vegetarian route? Are they trying to kind of like do the same sort of thing? Cause it's like, you know, it, it, it's similar in a way, you know, you look at like there are humans, then there are like Wookiees and then there are Ewoks and then there are Porgs. It's like, why are the Porgs okay? Like, would you eat an Ewok? Would you eat a Wookiee? You know, like, what right. is it because they're small and defenseless? Is it because they can't speak a language that you can understand? Like, what, you know, what is the hierarchy? Like, at what, where do, you know, especially at a world like, I mean, on Earth, it's like we have humans, we have everything else, you know, but, but in a world like Star Wars, you know, it's like, like, what about the frog lady? You know, would someone eat her because she's right. a frog lady, not a human lady? Like, so it, it, it just kind of interesting. And I don't know to what degree they were doing that on purpose to sort of open that door for that discussion. But again, like having it in my mind, like that was definitely something I saw, you know, it's like, oh, look, they're forcing Chewie, who is also kind of this, you know, more animalistic type being. I mean, he still walks on two legs. Right. He still has a language that he can speak, but like being covered with hair, he's not speaking basic, you know, right. Um, you know, having, which, which I wonder if, if it is some sort of, um, 
you know, physical limitation that he, you know, can he not make those sounds to, to speak basic? Is that why he doesn't speak it? Did he just never bother to learn? But it's like, you know, I feel like we would almost, I wonder if in a sense we would feel less disturbed if we saw like Luke eating one of the porgs. Right. So it's like, well, yeah, you're like a, you're a human and that's like a chicken. So it's okay. Right. But like with Chewie, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. You're both kind of like, you know, more animalistic, you know, like, you know, Chewie kind of looks more, I guess, more like a big gorilla or something like that. So it's like, do you feel less bad if you see a gorilla eating a smaller animal because it wouldn't sort of make that conscious distinction. And by kind of having the porgs like pout at him, it kind of forced him to make that realization. Um, well, I think the so other anyway, thing is, I don't think so. Grogu, now I'm, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, I don't think Grogu understood that they were her kids. Right. I think yeah. that would because he doesn't he doesn't speak, but I think he understands basic. I think mm-hmm. that's 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 pretty clear from like how he reacts to things, right? Like Grogu is pronounceable in basic. So he, he right. his eyes light up and he responds to his name. And I think I don't think she when the frog lady uses the translator, I don't think it's a, enough to talk about the eggs as her offspring, right? So a lot of our our viewing judgment of that has to do with the context that we've been presented with. And it's like, I it kind of redeems itself with the next episode where one of the tadpoles is born and Grogu understands that this is a cousin and not a snack. Though in that scene, right. I was like, you better keep your damn hands off that little dude. Um, <laughs> but there's like that re- really sweet reconciliation where it's like, okay, Grogu now understands like this cycle um yeah and it was weird like yeah well i I guess but my last little thought was i guess just kind of like what was like what was the point of of that scenario like you could have had that where they had to deliver it like what was what were the, the the creators trying to to make by that point just like oh he's a mischievous little hungry bugger or is it the fact that like yeah like kind of that that disconnect between like like you know life and, and and living beings you know and um you know i think it's also it, a jedi it, principle like aren't they vegetarian just like the idea of like the force living through all living things like i don't know if that that's that's quite canon but i i vaguely yeah. remember somebody saying like seems I mean, like they should like, luminous I mean, I beings I, are yeah. we right like not, not this right. crude matter which also well that could be an argument the other way is like if we're not this crude matter it doesn't matter if we consume it Right. we're returning life to the force which is really fucked up like right, right. interpretation yeah. um yeah yeah i mean we do see anakin cutting up a pear but yeah like yeah, I, I don't think we really see them eat very often so yeah it's probably right. hard to to tell yeah, i don't know what the um, fuck luke was eating on the uh or dagobah what the chili that uh oh, yoda yeah. made how you grow so big eating food of this kind <laughs> <laughs> First, yeah, that's we true. Must too. Eat. <laughs> yeah, well, I almost wonder too. Yeah, I could, I could also see it being a thing like where, when Yoda was living in the Jedi Temple, like maybe he was a vegetarian, but then you go live in a swamp somewhere. It's like, all right, I got to eat what I can find, you know. Right. And um, that's also another part of like you know vegetarian veganism too is like it is a very you know privileged diet to be able to have. You know, not everybody has the luxury of being like, oh, I'm not going to eat meat and I'm going to have alternative sources of protein. You know, so. So that could, you know, that could be part of that too, is that like, you know, 
okay, there, there are lizards and fish and whatever. Okay, I've got to eat this because you know, there's no tofu on Dagobah. <laughs> right. And I think what the, the spider moment is meant to say, like it, it's definitely playing on alien, right? Like it's supposed, you're, you feel the anxiety and you're scared and you're scared and you're scared. And then Grogu eats it and you're like, oh. So I think that's supposed to kind of give him a little bit of an out. Like he doesn't understand, he doesn't discern. This was also a living yeah. creature that he ate. So, but I, I just, I don't know if it was just, she's such a sweet and empathetic character. Like you instantly empathize with this mother trying to get to her. And she, she's paid this bounty hunter. If Mando hadn't come along, like if Bosk had been there and she wouldn't have made it like, just like kind of at the whims of the galaxy and then everything goes wrong and it just continues to go further wrong. It's just like really scary and her wanting to like warm up her babies and not have them freeze into that little hot spring, like motivates everything. And it's just like, and then they're easy access for Grogu, which is bad. Like, I don't know, like it, it, it pulled on my heartstrings. It made me like side eye my favorite character, which was really <laughs> odd. Like, it was not comfortable to not, not be on Grogu's side in that one. And then you have the New Republic, like X-Wing, like cops, essentially. They're just like traffic cops mm-hmm. <laughs> who end up saving the day. But like that first interaction is very like license and registration. <laughs> like It was funny, too. This is a nice aside for that, too, is that um, a friend of mine, I think right before I watched that episode, had told me about uh, the show Kim's Convenience right. that yeah. he'd been watching. Yeah. And like, the, you He's know, the dad, the, right? Mr. Kim was that. Yeah. And so, so it was funny because we, we saw that episode. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that he was telling me about. And then we went back and watched Kim's Convenience and like burned through that in like a week. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't seen it, definitely check that show out. Yeah, I need to see it. Tyna was raving about it. She thought it was really cool that he, he was both, yeah. in both those shows. So, yeah. Um, so then we go to the Eris episode 11 or chapter 11. I, I don't like their their numbering system it's really bugging me um so this is where bo-katan shows up or yeah they go to find bo-katan yeah i i kind of almost felt like this is gonna sound blasphemous but almost was more excited about bo-katan than i was about um boba fett in a way i think just because like the you know, like, like Boba Fett is, is super cool. And he kind of set up this whole, he ignited this whole like subculture within the star Wars about the Mandalorians, you know, right. but, but again, he has such little actual screen time, right. You know, so it's or like, did he, previous to this series. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just kind of like, okay, here's this character that I love because his armor looks cool. And, right. you know, and that was basically, basically it, you know, in a way, I mean, sure, he's super silent and like, you know, barely moves. And there's that there's this mystique about him. But it's like, how much can you really get into a character like that? Whereas with like between Clone Wars and then into Rebels, like having, you know, and and, and this is kind of similar when we get to the whole Ahsoka part of it, you know, is like having Bo-Katan kind of show up in in or get started off in uh, um, Clone Wars and then continue into Rebels. You have this kind of, again, this whole kind of like lineage, this kind of, this, this kind of side story that's kind of tying things together. Um, also the fact that we're like, what were there? There were like four of them that kind of came in, like was it three or four other Mandalorians? So it's like- There's three other ones, you, yeah. You're, 
yeah so you're also seeing like okay like here's more like we saw you know in season one we got to see the part the ones that were part of like kind of his tribe you know who don't remove their helmets but then to see this this other house you know who's like oh oh shit like we're 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 you know we're making it bigger you know it's kind of like on game of thrones when like you hear about a land and then you finally get to see that land and it's like okay cool this is this whole other culture um and just i don't know like like i don't know how much of it had to do with again how much of her already being developed through the other two animated shows and and you know finally seeing her in real life also seeing that it was katie sackoff which i you know i was a huge battlestar galactica fan so it was just kind of like cool to see like oh this this is such a cool connection you know like and uh um yeah just like it was it's also one of those things too where you kind of see something animated and you wonder like how is that going to look in real life again like a lot lot of with ahsoka like how are they going to pull this off like is this going to work you know so that was sort of the first time like yeah something that i was really excited about from the animated series to kind of move into to reality you know and see how well it was done and how how badass she was and you know and kind of having you know a, a group it wasn't just you know one of them you know and i remember like when when they first show up at first i was like oh it's boba fett and i was like wait there's a bunch of them and that's when i was like oh shit no what's up you know and it was like i found myself getting almost more excited when i realized it wasn't boba fett it was boba pan instead right. um you know, and, and, and the fact that it kind of gave us, you know, again, the inkling that like, okay, we're connecting to a bigger part, not just here's one character from the original trilogy who wears this armor that we really like, like here's this leader of a whole clan of Mandalorians. So by kind of opening the door to her, you're opening the door to all of that, you know? Um, and because we had already seen the dark saber, you know, at the end of season one, it's like, okay, so we're, we're really bringing this together. Okay, good. You know, so yeah, I was super stoked for that. So with this episode, like this is where they throw Grogu's Bjorn into the fucking sea monster. <laughs> oh God, that was so fucked up. <laughs> and then the Manda, like the Mandalorians come and save him. Um, I was really excited. I didn't realize until like after we had seen her on screen, but the other female Mandalorian is Sasha Banks, who's a WWE wrestler. Oh, nice. She's a badass. So that was really cool to see her. And she's kind of the first one that kind of has the, the, her hood up and disappears in the shadows at the, in the early parts oh, of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Bo-Katan, I, like, I, I've seen all of Clone Wars now. I'm still working through Rebels. I don't think I've gotten out of the first season of Rebels. So I don't know like the later lineage of that character. I understand like heir to the throne of Gondor, not Gondor, Mandalore, obviously. <laughs> um, which And we can talk about the Darksaber and that kind of stuff leading up. Um, but I thought it was a really interesting counterpoint to um, Mando's offshoot zealot belief about the Mandalorian code and creed compared right. to Bo-Katan, who is the, the rightful leader of those people. And kind of this like religious interpretation, right? Like I, I feel like... Um, was Bo-Katan part of Death Watch at some point? In uh, when they when they went from being the terrorist organization to being like the defenders of Mandalore, like after uh, uh, or, uh, Darth Maul ended up like taking over Death Watch, essentially didn't like. Yeah, like I think like yeah, because like was it he killed? Was it Pre Vizsla that he killed, yeah. and that's how he took it over? And I think 
Bo-Katan and a few of them left. Right. Because they were like, no, we're not going to be part of this. Um, but yeah, I forget like, you know, it, it, yeah. And that's, what's kind of tricky sometimes is like, what, yeah. What, like, uh, where, where did they take on the name of death watch? Did that stay with Darth Maul? Like I, I forget a lot of those details, but that's the thing. Like, I feel like death watch being kind of like this return to the warrior roots of Mandalore, right? Like that's, that's kind of their philosophy. I feel like the Mandalorians that would have taken on Din and and made like that creed of like not removing your helmet seems like it would have been born out of the death watch tradition so it would be interesting to try and that's the thing like it just a lot of questions about like how those it's 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 like dogma right like the confusion of an adoption of different interpretations of religion or creed i thought that was just a really interesting because they go to take off their helmets and you see the facial expression of Mando change, even though it's his <laughs> fucking helmet. Like uh, he, he's so good at that. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's perfect. Like Pedro Pascal is so good at the like subtle head acting. Right. Um, yeah. I re I really liked that regard. Like I, I, I didn't dislike Bo-Katan. I was just the Mandalore stuff. I was really interested when I was watching Clone Wars was obi-wan's relation with the the queen oh right that was so fascinating to me and we don't really get to see much of it and that that when she dies it's like this heart rending and you see how he views padme's relationship with anakin a, as a result of that like it, it does so much to inform that and i read like obi-wan was in love with someone like it that was really interesting to me um and I kind of got caught up like everything happening with Mandalore was always wrapped up with Darth Maul. And I was always more interested in Darth Maul because I love that character so much. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch more of rebels and kind of get more of the Bo-Katan story. Um, I also like that, that um, episode because it was the prime example of like stormtroopers have increased their accuracy recently because <laughs> when they're going up the, the the flight deck to like towards the the bridge like every one of those lasers is hitting mando's best guard just like all direct hits <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i think like a, a lot of what i like about that whole thing between like the you know the different tribes and stuff i feel like a lot of it probably i wonder if it has to do with sort of that like after the fall of the republic you know it's like there's i assume there must be much less communication throughout the galaxy you know yeah so it's like you know you kind of have yeah the, these offshoots that are kind of building themselves up independent of of whatever else is out there based on what their idea is of what they think you know this this thing is you know mm -hmm. so it's like yeah we're going to start our own tribe of mandalorians and this is what the mandalorians stood for it's like you know there are these other mandalorians elsewhere who are like no it's not what we're about you know like so you know and, and of course him being a, um, a foundling it's like it's not like he has any real history beyond his own life you know right. so it's like you know how is he to know kind of what is what is more true he just knows how he was raised you know right. It's interesting because like he was his parents passed away because of the Clone War, right? Like it's a battle droid that's destroying his home. So like that's how far back it is, right? Like I'm I'm interested, like 
I mean, I'm wondering if it's, yeah, because, I mean, they stopped using the battle droids after the Clone War, right? Because then that's right. when it was switched over and they were like, oh, well, we, you know, the, you know, the clone troopers are ours. So, right. Yeah. So how old is he then? Yeah, because he was a little kid. I don't know if it's just like uh, the last, that's the thing, like the, the timelines are getting more and more screwy. Like, yeah, well, I guess it could make sense because, I mean, if he was a little kid, during like say the very end of the clone wars right then that maybe makes him you know five years older than luke which right. i feel like you know puts him at maybe like 30 right you know i mean that's that's also something too that i definitely as i get older i'm much more aware of you know when i see a character and it's like that person's supposed to be 40 it's like bullshit he could be moving <laughs> like that if he's 40. <laughs> that's the thing like i don't know i don't know if mandalorians are more like um aragorn where they're like they don't age very much because Bocadilla looks great. Like, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. She's definitely a lot older. Cause I mean, she was, yeah, she was like, say maybe in her twenties during the clone wars. We'll say maybe. So because it also helps like when, when your su- face is not exposed to, to sun damage, <laughs> like you just yeah. age better. Like that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's also not working a 40 hour a week job. So that's going to help. <laughs> <a year longer>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really cool to see more of the the kind of Mandalorian um, influence and kind of like how they've been scattered across the galaxy and how they've developed separate from each other, which is, it's really cool. Um, so next episode is the siege. This is where they go to the lava base. Oh, yeah. Um, which I was kind of like, this was more of a, like a filler episode, it felt like. Like, it felt like very much like a reset because the the razor's crest is just like fucked up and they land and they fix it and grogu gets to go to school and he see, he steals the macaron macaroons and then they blow up the base with that alien that he caught in the very first episode in frozen carbonite oh, and then yeah. they blow it and we find out about the dark troopers and that they were ex- getting his blood for cloning purposes or something like this was very much like the it's the middle episode and it very much felt like kind of the middle filler episode to me. Right. Yeah. Like, like we're kind of turning a corner. It's like, here's where the first half was about. And then here's where we're going to shift into what the second half of the season is about. Right. I also like that they kind of um, adjusted. Like I like when you said something about like, Oh, his blood has the highest M count we've ever seen. It's like, <laughs> all right, well done. Way to kind of, kind of reference it, but without being like, we're not using the word because it's stupid, but it's like, Oh, you know, it's like all right fair enough it's funny (laughs) that that has to exist in some form in this universe still because i feel like there's a rebels episode where it totally like defuncts all of like with the gray jedi thing like midi-chlorians are attracted to force users they don't generate the force in you like i think that's that's like the incontinuity explanation now but it would make sense that like a soulless empire would be looking at something biological as a way to trace it like that right. it, it makes sense like well i remember i remember hearing too that that was part of the reason why george lucas had come up with the idea of the midi-chlorines is that so many people were like oh star wars isn't sci-fi it's fantasy because the force is magic so it's like okay i'll make a scientific explanation for the force so that way we can you know it was just like who the fuck cares first of all like um it can be a space fantasy that's exactly yeah. what it's, it is that's yeah. fine but uh but yeah, like to this day, they so, haven't so, tried to explain to me how fucking hyperdrives work. Right. Like it's it's not like they're trying to be hard sci-fi in any other aspect. Like, why is this yeah. one thing the thing? 
Well, that, and that's one of the things I always find, I find funny with the whole like so hard sci-fi idea. Cause it's like, if you're, if you're watching, you know, if you're watching a movie and someone's driving a car, you don't have to explain how a car works for you to accept that this person can drive a car. You know, it's like, like why, why do we have to have all this technology that needs to be explained, you know, to be like, Oh, look, this is a valid thing. Like not just be like, yeah, it's the future. And this thing is normal here. So nobody explains it because it's fucking normal and you don't do that. You know, like, right. That's the thing, even when I was reading the books, like a lot of the techno babble stuff, like the, the books are really where you could get into like the hard sci-fi of like the ships and the hyperdrives and that stuff. Like I used to like, I knew what those words meant, but I didn't care about how they work together. So when I was reading that right. stuff, I would skip, 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 skip dialogue or skip, skip, skip character development. Like I understood that they got in the ship. There's a problem with it. They got to fix the hyperdrive. This is what they did. To, like it wasn't, that wasn't the juice like that wasn't the really right. inter entertaining stuff it i've never been that worried about that aspect of these kind of things like yeah um yeah and i mean we get to see grogu kind of throw up and have his his roller coaster <laughs> moment which was <laughs> like, it's a great grogu episode um mm -hmm. And at this point, we don't know his name still. We're still calling him Baby Yoda. Not that I'm going right. to ever stop calling him Baby Yoda, but the, the next episode, The Jedi, is where we see Ahsoka. And what a fucking episode this was, man. Yeah. I, like, she's like a slasher villain in it. Like, <laughs> coming out of the fog, killing them in the forest. Like, so badass. So well cast. Like, Rosario does an incredible incredible job just oh yeah you you believe that character the gravitas is there the 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 uh the jaded frustration is still there like and i i watched that episode before i finished clone wars so i went back and ha saw the final season of clone wars and where is like ahsoka's kind of like journey and and figuring out like what had happened and having to dodge order 66 like there's right. so much so much of that episode it's not dependent on knowing the context from clone wars but once you know the context from clone wars that whole episode just hits a little bit different yeah it's i mean i mean and it's one of those things too i know and i'm sure she doesn't feel this way but but i remember like you know when when she gets kicked out of the jedi order and just being like man that's like so fucked up and i was almost like so it's almost the best thing to happen to her. I mean, and it's also kind of looking back from, from now too, that like she gets to kind of have this best of both worlds kind of thing, you know, where it's like, yeah, you get to have the powers and the abilities, but you don't have to actually like be a Jedi, you know, and all the, all the, the, um, the baggage that comes with that, you know? Right. Um, and I think, I think that's a lot of what, like with going as the series has gone on, that's what's intrigued me more about her, you know, like, you know, we definitely see her grow up in Clone Wars and she becomes kind of, you know, you know, especially as you're kind of going through and like when she starts holding her own, you're like, OK, this is just like she's an actual character now, not just this sort of annoying sidekick to Anakin. Right. Um, but then, you know, when you get to that point and how like crushing that is, like how much they're just they just kind of threw her under the bus and said, like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's his word against you, you know, and it's like, you always kind of wonder like what was going on at the time this was written 
where they're like, yeah, let's put this thing in where this guy says that she did this and she said she didn't. And they're going to believe that guy and be like, yeah, you're out of the fucking yeah. room, you know? Wow. But like, you know, kind of having her go through that i think she's isn't she just like not in it for like almost the whole season or something like that so like, when when netflix acquired the rights they did a shorter season and she only appears in it in a hallucination that yoda has okay so when when the series proper ended before disney plus did the seventh season we didn't know what happened to her after she left the jedi order there was no context at all for what had happened to her it ended very kind of bizarrely and is weird netflix weird direction mm -hmm. only eight episodes or something and kind of just stopped i didn't realize that going into it like how much was left up in the air so. yeah like when i got disney plus i remember them being like oh the final season of clone wars and it was such a big deal and i at that point i hadn't finished clone wars right. so i was just like okay i guess i'll have one more to watch you know as i'm going yeah. through but, I felt really fortunate to to not have to have waited because yeah, that exactly. last that last season is incredible. It's yeah. it's it's up there with Airbender as like a final season. Like mm -hmm. damn, like what they do with Echo, that whole storyline is so awesome. So cool to see that character come back and then the birth like seeing Bad Batch and him joining Bad Batch at the end of that episode and get mm -hmm. to see him again in the series that's coming up. Like I'm 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 really excited about that. That's the thing. Like that show is so good at like, you love these clones. They are not blaster fodder that, right. that so much about that show is like, it gives you more of a, a, a view of Anakin as, as a master, as a, as a, a teacher and you get more empathy for him and you understand him better. And you're not like that help only helps uh, like that character in the prequels. Like, that context yeah and it does such a good job of like when cody turns on obi-wan when you have seen clone wars yeah it's it's hard like cody's a big deal and he's they've been comrades for a long time and for them to give that that justification and we're going full spoilers for Clone Wars. I'm sorry to, we, we've talked an hour and a half about <laughs> everything and we're only up to, to the <laughs> seventh episode or so. Not even seventh, I guess it's four, I don't know. 13, the, 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 I'm writing it down. Right. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like just, just call them the episodes that they are. Five, episode five of this. Um, yeah, so for them to build in like there's an inhibitor chip and that's why like it 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 triggers it in their brain because it it makes sense like that's the only justification for these people who have like lived and fought and died and lost and gr grieved together like yeah that's it, that's really good yeah and I like how you know we finally get to see because I think that wasn't that part of it too is like before the the Disney made the final season it's like did Ahsoka survive like nobody right. knew because exactly. it was kind of like order 66 happened and what what's her story so to finally like tell that story and which i guess there was a book about her that's supposed to take place but i think the disney what happened in the disney season kind of made that not canon anymore i, gotcha. I just remember seeing something where they're like oh well the book this happens but this happens here so it's like okay well the book is obviously not canon then because obviously gotcha. the, <laughs> the final season is you know gotcha. like there was something about like when she faces off with darth maul like things were different or whatever 
Gotcha. Um, but but yeah, She's just like how in this like yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it's nice to see that she's kind of like. I mean, she may not be happy about her place in the world, but I feel like she's found a place in the world, right. you know. Yeah. And um, and then oh, and that was the other the other big thing about that episode: the reveal that Thrawn is sort of like right. Still... involved in this universe. So let to, not to detract too strongly, but casting for Thrawn live action. What, how are you feeling? Uh, I haven't really thought about it much. Um, Cumberbatch is the name that keeps coming up, and I, I don't know. I think he'd do a great job. Like I'm not, I'm not mad at that choice. I think he's an incredible actor, but I'm getting kind of Cumberbatched out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time seeing. Like, cause I'm, I'm trying to picture him as Thrawn, and I, my brain just keeps going to him as Khan. You know, like <laughs> that it would basically be that, but blue and maybe less angry. You know, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, like. Um, somebody did a mock-up I think it was like John Hamm which would be weird okay. like I, I think he's got a good face for it but I I kind of want Thrawn to have a British accent I don't yeah. know plus John Hamm looks a little bit too much like a tough guy and I feel like right. I, I like Thrawn to kind of be like it's about his brain so he just seems very like slim not, not that he looks weak but right. like he doesn't look like like if you didn't know anything about him, I wouldn't be be scared getting into a fight with him, you know. Right. But like John Hamm, I'd be like, oh, he's a big dude. Like, right. Um, especially after <laughs> when they did on SNL, where they do the um, you know the the Star Wars auditions, yeah. they had John yeah. Hamm auditioning <laughs> for Han Solo. <laughs> it's like, so now I can't take him seriously in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, you know who would be playing against type, but I think would be incredible, Bill Burr. No, 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 not Bill Burr, not Bill, Bill Hader. Oh, Bill Hader, yeah. Because he's kind of got that, like, with Barry, because he's got kind of that that yeah. darkness to him. Like, I, it's totally against type. I don't think they would ever do it, but. Yeah, well, and also, see, now with, with Bill Hader, I'm, I've been watching, I watched, uh, the other day, I watched season one of The Awesomes. Mm, so now I'm picturing him as Dr., oh, it's on Hulu. I'm picturing him as Dr. Malocchio, because he does have, like, like uh, I don't know if it's quite a British accent necessarily, but it's definitely like you know a, a villain with an accent that Bill Hader is voicing. But you can still tell it's Bill Hader's voice. So now that's all I'm picturing. Gotcha. <laughs> I guess yeah, I don't get, know. I um, yeah. Fastbender would be a good, you know, like yeah. not to continue to typecast him as kind of like these comic book genre film villains but like i think he's yeah. got a good face for it like it would look that face would look good blue yeah, interesting yeah i don't know if i ever thought that we would see a live action grand admiral thrawn so i never like did the the fan casting right. in my head i never thought it was like a possibility right like, and you, you oh, still haven't finished rebels right no i haven't you know who would be good okay. who hiddleston okay yeah yeah no he'd be perfect yeah he's got the very sort of like narrow kind of sharp features that would be that's my choice i man he would be oh that would be really good i i really like that idea <laughs> yeah and i feel like i mean his like something about him like i'm not picturing thrawn as loki like i no, feel like i can picture him making that enough of a distinction yeah whereas like very I said, calculated very yeah. even like yeah so I feel like, yeah, Hiddleston plays the the mischievous part well, but he doesn't have to do that. You know, right. He could definitely 
Yeah, I like that. Okay, we we and this is where we find out that his name is right. Grogu, and they commune through the force, and there's like this right. sweetness, like and the, the the catch to play catch with Grogu with the force. Oh, yeah. was the sweetest single parent dad teaching his kid to throw with the force just <laughs> broke me down. So sweet, so amazing. <laughs> I yeah. How do we feel about the name? Um, oh, sorry. I think, yeah, I think we talked about this before. Um, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's like, I think what I said before was like, you know, the, the name Yoda didn't really have any significance or gravitas until it was associated with that character and who that character was. And that's what sort of gave the name Yoda significance. Right. So I feel like it's kind of like, and, and that's the thing, like he still is like a child, um, which then again, like I always think that think that's funny too when you see like adults who have certain names and it's like at one point that person was a child with that name and that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you know, there, there, yeah, there are certain names like that, like where it's just like, yeah, how could you think? You know, it's like yes, it fits that person as an adult, but how could you name a child that, a baby right. that? You know, um, I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of quirky enough. It, it sounds like the same type of name as Yoda, right? Which, which I feel like must be very tough that you have to, as part of like world building, you have to develop not only like a language, but also like, yeah, naming conventions, you know, because like, I feel like if you, if you had a human character called Chewbacca, like that would seem weird, but somehow that name fits a Wookiee. And I feel like, I don't know many other Wookiee names, but I feel like they probably, it's like, oh, this has to sound like a name that would go with this species, you know? Yeah. So to me, like Yoda and Grogu, like they seem in that same family. Like again, a human named Grogu to me doesn't make as much sense, but it does fit, fit him and his species. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting or what I was like sort of hoping, I guess part of me was almost wondering, like maybe he just didn't have a name. Like I know he's like 50, but how long has he been, has he been away from parents? You know, like I didn't know if he knew his own name or not. Um, I thought it was kind of cool that it wasn't like someone just named him and said, all right, I'm going to call you Grogu now. Like it was actually his name. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, it definitely has grown on me. Like I'm never going to stop calling him baby Yoda. I think that like, it's, it's like a little rebellious because daddy Favreau's like, don't call him that. Um, but the, he, he, he's adorable. He doesn't like lose anything for having a name. Um, I think initially I was just kind of like Grogu. What the hell? Like it, it wasn't offensive. It was it just because kind of was like meh. But like you said, like Yoda doesn't hit your ear without the the significance of how many years of Star Wars. Like if I heard Han Solo as a, a name, kind of with no context, I'd be like, huh? Like that's like all Star Wars names are like that. There's like Din Djarin is his name, like. Yeah. but we call him mando that's another thing like i'm never gonna call him like i, I call him din just because i remember that he has that name but it's it's very mm-hmm. rare that i remember that like uh apollo creed's name is grieve his name is grieve i'm not calling him that is he's apollo creed that's <laughs> right. carl, carl weathers that's who that character is um <laughs> but i it, like yeah it just grew on me like it's not a, and that's the thing like i think it helped when in the next episode where Mando's calling him by his name and he's reacting. He's kind of looking up excited and like recognizing his name. That, that was really cool. I was kind of sad that he kind of never says his name again after that. Like I was really expecting that in the finale. He doesn't call his name. Mm. Um, 
yeah it was cool and it was cool that ahsoka wasn't it didn't become the ahsoka show after that episode Mm -hmm. i really liked having it be that episode she kind of moves through the world she'll probably with her series i don't know if it'll be from this point on or between where rebels ended in this so we're we're kind of unclear where her interaction with vader is and all of that stuff so um excited to see where that goes but i was i I liked they kind of all of the storylines that they're kind of exploring within are mandalorian adjacent since we see boba fett's because he has mandalorian armor like these Mm -hmm. kind of like through lines are all consistent with like mandalorian being the baseline so i thought that was cool and she got to come in be a badass and get out and this is where we got the uh (laughs) the uh spear the beskar spear yeah which is totally like this is where it at that moment you realize it's going to be beskar spear versus dark saber in the finale like it already you knew that that's what was going to happen and i liked i liked that the kind of the bodyguard and mando kind of stay outside of the garden where Mm -hmm. they're having the the like house of the flying daggers like fight with like the the water feature it felt very like uh, crouching tiger hitting dragon yeah like that fight mm-hmm. and they're just kind of chilling waiting to see who wins like i liked that aspect that kind of go- went against the kind of the star wars trope of two battles happening simultaneously like mm-hmm. that was cool i liked that a lot i i also liked one of the things that surprised me and maybe maybe you knew this already but like when he when he's looking for ahsoka and she goes after him with her lightsabers and he was able to block the lightsabers with yep. his Beskar. Like, I didn't know that that was a thing. Like right. I, was, I thought lightsabers could cut through anything. So when it, I was like, Oh shit. Like, he and that was, a, of course, hands. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that also got my kind of mind going as far as like, and again, that was before we saw the spear, I think. So it was like, Oh, okay. So now it's not like if anyone has a lightsaber, like you're fucked. It's like, Oh, okay. Like Mando could actually go up against a saber, you know? So, so that was really cool to kind of see that, um, you know, and kind of, you know, kind of speculate about how that was going to play itself out. But yeah, then like you said, once we saw that the spear was Beskar, it's like, oh, okay, so that's another thing. So now he actually has armor and a weapon which you can go up against it. So, yeah. So I, I speaking of that, this made me think of, th- there's kind of, previous to this, uh, kind of these iterations of the Mandalorian characters, the only people in armor that we've seen were Boba Fett, who got taken out with a, an accidental jet, jet pack, and then Django who gets his head caught off really quickly by Mace Windu. And somebody had pointed out, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about the fact that when Django fights Obi-Wan, he'll get it. He gets in a couple shots and then he jetpacks away and he uses the high ground, which is big in star Wars to (laughs) kind of angle and, and, and augment his fighting style. When he fights Mace, something damages his jetpack and he kind of backs up twice and his jetpack sparks like he's gonna he's trying to take off oh, right. and mm-hmm. can't and that's why he gets his head cut off is because he's not able to adapt quick enough to his get out of jail free card his jetpack like he's not able to do what he would normally do in that situation which i thought was really interesting and something i'd never really noticed which was cool. Yeah. The lineage I mean, of faulty backpacks yeah. killing both of these men. <laughs> well, and, and that was one of the things, I mean, kind of what I took from that scene is like, you know, like we don't really get to see 
the Jedi be sort of like full on badasses. And it's kind of like, you know, we see, you know, fighting, we see Jedi fighting like other, uh, you know, Sith or whatever. But I remember that moment kind of clinching is like, oh yeah, it's like you can have, a, 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 you know, guns or, you know, a gun or two guns, but if you're shooting at someone who can deflect all of them and right. he's just coming at you and there's nowhere for you to go, like you're done, you know, like, so like that was kind of, I thought really cool to kind of show that like, you know, yeah, here's this guy who's a badass with guns, but it's like, if, if blaster bolts mean nothing to Mace Windu, then right. you're, you're, that's it. Um, and actually that was another thing I want to bring up too, is that when, when Boba Fett was talking about, um, you know, where he got the armor and he's like, oh, this was my father's armor. I was kind of like, like, was that something that we knew? Because I feel like, you know, the armor obviously looks the same, but it's a different color. Like when Django has it, than when Boba has it. I think so he paints it at some point. So, but so, so that was, the, that's always been canon. Is it, it was that armor that he gets or. I, when he said it, I, it didn't trigger anything in my mind of like, it made sense that it would have been. Um, okay. That's why it's stayed around so long that it would have been Beskar and it would have been Django's. I think there's like some, maybe it's a comic or maybe it's like a, a, a new canon book where Boba Fett like gets his armor and escapes with it like kind of because we don't really see kind of what happens after attack of the clones with boba fett we just see him kind of show up in the show in clone wars um but i i think it was something covered in some kind of external book or comic um okay yeah yeah because i remember like you know i mean obviously it was like a lot shinier when Django was wearing it but i also feel like and, and this could have just been the production of it, but like when I remember seeing him move and it almost looked almost more obviously like, like soft, like I remember the chest plate, like bending as he was maneuvering. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, part of it must've just been like, okay, for Boba, you know, in the original trilogy, he's just standing there. He doesn't have to be able to move. And then they probably, you know, I'm guessing, but, but I was like almost wondering like at first, like, Oh, is that different armor and it's just more like more for show that it wasn't actually made of Beskar? Was it like just, you know, Oh, this is the shape of Mandalorian armor, but it's just padding, you know? Um, So that, yeah, that, that whole thing, I kind of always threw me off, you know? And um, plus it's like kind of funny, like I'm looking back now and it's like, yeah, like, did Boba just, you know, say show him when he's, when he's holding the helmet and then they they made someone made a meme out of that where it has like his head falling out. (laughs) But like, so it's like, did he, did he like, yeah, like, did he drag his dad's body off of that, out of that arena, like, and strip him down so he could get the armor? Like, you know, it's kind of like, I guess part of me for some reason always assumed that, like, he just got other armor somewhere else. Gotcha. You know, but. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's, that's, the that's minutiae. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I do know, however, that the braids are Wookiee scalps. Yeah. Yeah. I did know that. It's fucked up. <laughs> There's a really cool when they do the episodes of Clone Wars where they're on the like the Predator planet where the the Trandoshans are hunting them down like the mm-hmm. Jedi's and he's got the Wampa chair with the big Wampa skin over the back of it oh, like the throne. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. man, I want one of those. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like Rancor head mounted like all these oh, different yeah. alien mm-hmm. species it, that that's really cool. <laughs> it's terrible and inhumane and i had a problem with grogu eating eggs but i'm really <laughs> excited about all of these uh dangerous game trophies 
Um, so then we come to episode six, the believer or no, no six, the tragedy. So this is where this episode was so epic and so awesome, but it, it was something where the appearance of a certain character in his armor for the first time in scream in a long time, kind of overshadowed the tragedy of the right. razor crest. Like when you, when I went back, like upon first seeing it, it was like, that's slave one. I've never been, I never realized how much I loved that ship until mm-hmm. this series, because every time it was on screen, it was like, it, it was like, not even, not even the, uh, the Leo meme where he's just pointing like way more excited than that. Like mm-hmm. I, every time a ship comes out of view that I recognize, I'm like, Oh shit, things are about to happen. So seeing that, and then him coming and having a gaffy stick and just beating the hell out of stormtroopers without armor was so badass. And then you see there's a moment where he's going to go get his armor and you know he's going to go get his armor. And then you don't see him for 10 minutes. And then when he shows up, he's Boba fucking Fett. And the and he's Boba Fett like we always assumed he was. This is not the Mr. Magoo of the universe. This is not some snot-nosed right. kid. This is the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy. And he's just chopping wood and blowing people up and breaking their helmets. And it, like, that's so cool. And it kind of overshadows the fact that Mando loses his ship and yeah, Grogu's his home. Yeah. His home. And like when I went back and watched the sequence where it blows up and the acting under the helmet, like his, his, he, he, like his shoulders give way and it, you, you can read again, read the expression through the helmet. Like that's an incredible acting exercise, but I was too busy squeeing over the fact that Boba fucking fat just killed so many stormtroopers. <laughs> like, nah, nah. <laughs> how how was that for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah same it was yeah it was like you know thinking back it's like this this is the culmination of something we've been waiting for since like 1985 you know like and and you know like boba fett falls into the sarlacc pit and you're like oh what the fuck and then you know we get little things here like oh we get okay we get Django fett you know kind of like you were saying like we get all these other like proximities or, or, uh, you know, or, or versions of him, you know, that, that kind of like, I don't even say teases us because it's almost more disappointing, you know, like seeing Boba Fett as a little kid is not like, okay, at least we have that. It's like, fuck that. No one wants Boba Fett as a kid. And they made him a clone you know? too, which kind of made it also weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was just kind of like, you know, seeing, seeing Django Fett was cool in a way, but I feel like that wore off very quickly. You know, it was, it was cool because we haven't seen any, anyone or anything, you know, like that since Boba Fett, but then it's like, yeah, but I'd rather just watch the original trilogy with Boba Fett than watch Django Fett, you know? And, um, but yeah. And then like, like, I love how good they are. And, and, you know, this will come up again. We talk about the finale of, of, how how good they are with reveals you know like how how they they kind of will instead of just like boom here's this thing it's like how they'll give it to you a piece at a time you know like you said how you know we 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 had the fucking armor in episode one 
And then at the end of episode one, we see the guy. And then, you know, we have the, and it's, it, it kind of creeps up on you and then you get to wait and then it kind of comes in. And like you said, oh, here comes slave one. Okay, I know where this is going. And, and again, he shows up, but he's just a guy. You know, I mean, it's, it still is Boba Fett, but it's like, you know, he's not, you know, what we're what we recognize as Boba Fett, you know, and then, you know, and it's like, and there's the talk of the armor and then, and, you know, and then he finally, you know, and then finally he's there, he's with the armor, he's kicking ass. And it's like, it's like, yeah, like all the, there are all these kind of crumbs along the trail, like I said, since 1985, you know, right. way back when people are like, you know, or I think at one point, you know, there was a book written that said like, you know, oh yeah, Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit and he got out and whatever. But like, you know, like on screen, you know, we, we, we hadn't had any of that, you know? And so it was just sort of a great, like a, a great release to be like, Oh man, like, okay. Yeah. Boba Fett is back. Like, this is, this is good. This is what I've been waiting for. Like this, this hope that I've had since 1985, where maybe he's not dead. Maybe he will come back somehow, or maybe we'll get a Boba Fett movie. Maybe we'll get this, maybe we'll get that, you know? And, um, so yeah, sort of finally have that was just like, yes, thank you. After all this time, and then you know, that was the place to do it too. I'm almost glad it never happened in any of the other movies or anything like that, you know? And it's like, this is, yeah, like a show about a Mandalorian. Like that's where Boba Fett should come back and where he can, he can sort of have the the time, the, you know, the screen time that he deserves and the, you know, the, the further development past, Oh, he looks really cool standing in the background, you know? Right. Um, but yeah. And then, yeah, just like the, the, the horror of, you know, the dark troopers coming down and, you know, them, Oh, if only you hadn't taken off your jetpack, you would have gotten there in time. You know, like that whole thing. And um, there's a lot yeah, of worry and, of like what Mando's last words were to Groku if we never saw him again. Like, yeah, it that that was really hard. And like him trying to get through the thing, and he's like, "I'll be right back," which is like the worst last thing that you could ever tell anybody. Yeah, and it's the thing they came down. It didn't look like they were trying to apprehend. They were gonna blow somebody up, and then like. Boba goes after the ship and it's like, is that thing just destroyed the razor crest? Like it could have just like, we could have gotten Boba back and then gone. Tina said that like, Tina's like, they're going to kill Boba. I'm like, don't you dare say that. I just (laughs) got him back. (laughs) Like, so that it was super tense and super heart rending. And like, but it's just hot as as good a payoff that was and a good a release like it was hard to process anything else like it was just yeah i was so hyped and so excited about that and like i didn't really realize the i'm just a man trying to make my way in the universe like my father before me like i didn't realize Django had i didn't remember Django saying that line so like when i uh, went back and saw it again i was like oh it's just so good like it, it's and the fact that like Jan- Boba's like, we'll help you get the kid back. Like, well, we made you a promise. Like he's an honorable man, even though he's this ruthless killer. Like, yeah. And it was just, and that's the thing. Like it teased like, okay, the team up, we're going to get Boba Fett and Mando in the next episode teaming up. And like, die was so good. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, you took my kid. I'm going to, it's John Wick time. Mando, yeah. Mando is even like he's established as this badass, but like now it's like no holds barred. He's gonna yeah. do whatever it fucking takes. 
I yeah, I love that he gives uh, what's his nuts his speech like right back yes. to him from the yeah. end of the first seat. I was like, yep, you that fucked up, great. son. <laughs> That's why I like watching the recaps because I didn't remember that speech. And then in the recap, they gave that speech, and at the end, oh, that right. was I think that was the tag for the the last episode was the uh, or uh, the next the seventh episode. That mm-hmm. was the ending sequence, and it was just like so good. <laughs> And then, so, okay, that brings us to the seventh episode, The Believer. So it's Bill Burr back with a vengeance, uh, getting some Han Solo shit, shooting some fucking dude. <laughs> like, he's basically Bill Burr. That character is Bill Burr. Like, right. It's... Well, and I, 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 really, I do love what they did with him because, like, I, and I thought it was, that was speaking of things that they show in the recap. I like that they showed in the recap that he wasn't the one who killed the Imperial officer. It was the, the, um, the Twi'lek. Yeah. So I, I like that they kind of established that and then said, Oh, he's in jail for murdering, you know, um, right. and it's like, Oh wait, no, but, but he didn't. So it's like, you're not like, Oh, they're going to get some, some murderer out. It's like, you know, he was kind of, you know, mixed up in this job, but it wasn't about like, all right, I'm just going to go kill a bunch of people. So I feel like it was a really really good planning on their part to kind of have this character who's kind of you know again kind of a bad guy but redeemable and you know kind of also can serve a purpose <laughs> you know like we need something for you so we're gonna get you out of jail it's crazy how han solo like he is in this like it, he's very much the kind of the like forget your creeds forget your force bullshit it's just like i gotta live in this universe too like i don't know why i'm getting into his voice i didn't realize (laughs) i don't know what the quality of it but i apparently i have a bill burr impression but it's just like he totally cuts through the bullshit and it's like this is how it affects people like on both like he was an imperial officer and with the operation cinder thing which is a battlefront two uh plot point which i didn't realize i hadn't played that until recently because i've been jonesing for star wars gameplay content um so that was it it just was a great grounding episode another great like heist infiltration i mean it's a train robbery essentially like and they get they get attacked and they have to go through and then it's a great payoff with uh mando taking off his helmet and having to do the thing like I don't know how anybody's face just unlocks Imperial records. I don't, I don't yeah. get that continuity at all. That doesn't make any sense, but it it's, it's star Wars. You got to give it a little slack. <laughs> and then Bill Burgess fucking first shots, uh, Joe chill from Batman begins. It It's a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. You, you kind of also see the, the, the respect and like the camaraderie where he like you know basically tells you like hey you know like as far as i'm concerned you didn't take your helmet off i never saw your face you know whatever and it's just you know you kind of just like you know but like you know but th- their whole conversation before that about like yeah you do what you need to do and it's like okay like what's more important is finding grogu not this this sort of promise that i made to this cult that i'm apparently part of you know right. like so, so I really, yeah, I really like that, that it kind of shows this kind of, you know, and then also I feel like maybe that would, yeah, that probably wouldn't have happened if he hadn't met Bo-Katan and saw like, yeah, we just take our helmets off. It's just whatever, you know? And so I feel like it kind of all built up to that where it's like, 
okay, like I have to do this and it's weird and I feel naked, but it's what has to be done, you know? Yeah. Somebody was talking about like uh, Mando's acting, Pedro kind of, he turns his shoulders. He doesn't turn his neck. Like the way you act in the armor is how he acts with the helmet off. So he kind of, he seems exposed and he seems awkward because he doesn't really communicate body language without these kind of like more dramatic motions right it's really kind of cool to see and it's also like in in a lesser form like bill would have been pissed off to see like now you take it off it's like like they would have made a joke about it but the fact that he's like as far as i'm concerned you you didn't take it off like it, it it showed like this respect that grew of those characters i really liked as he's getting uh uh out cara dune is taking him out of the the prison situation uh, mm. Boba Fett comes down the ramp and freshly painted Boba Fett. So that's a great reveal. But Bill doesn't react. He doesn't know who that is. It's not scary to him. And then Mando comes down the, the ramp yeah. and he's like, oh shit. How you doing, Mando? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we kind of fucked you over in that last job. <laughs> that's a good, it's, it's, that's a good episode in the tradition of like, no Star Wars caper is complete until somebody's fighting on top of a moving vehicle. Like, <laughs> the uh, Star Wars RPG that I'm uh, GMing, like I, I've gotten that feedback from my players where they're like, we haven't done anything on a moving vehicle. We need to do that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then as I've been going through like Rebels and, and uh, uh, Clone Wars, it's like every third episode, we're on a moving train. They're on a, something that's sinking. Like everything is about transportation that has a short half life. Right. <laughs> so now we come to the finale, the yes. fa- the the Filoni, <laughs> the Dave finale, and I, I rewatched it today, um, knowing that we were going to talk about it. So right. I, I I have talked a lot. Why, why don't you 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 start this discussion? <laughs> Oh, okay. So, well, luckily I was able to kind of stay off social media enough to not have any, any spoilers. Um, you know, it was definitely like, you know, a few people were like, Oh, the end of gate, you know, give me the feels. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I know like so many people who don't think they're giving spoilers are still not giving a spoiler, but like sort of just like painting kind of what, what the The nature of of what you're going into is. And it's just like, like, shut up. (laughs) so um so yeah so i was like trying to like okay forget what that means or what that could mean and you know don't speculate so um so yeah i love that we got kind of this uh you know like you said we have the team up and then oh we need to get more friends so let's go get bo katan again so like that again that was like sort of the first thing i was like oh sweet like we're we're bringing her in which i was also like okay you know dark saber like this is all this is all coming to a head now so it's like you know they you know it's kind of this oh we can help you get something you want you help us get something we want kind of thing like i feel like you know again all the all those seeds have been planted this whole way so it was like such a perfect culminating point for all that stuff Um, so with that recruitment scene the the Sasha Banks the WWE wrestler she yeah. gets to do a tornado DDT on Boba fucking Fett that's where <laughs> she grabs him in a headlock jumps on the side of the wall with the jetpack assist and flips oh, yeah. him on his head and I was just like 
if nothing else happens in this episode, I am so <laughs> satisfied to see a fucking wrestling move landed on Boba Fett. That was just great. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's so great too. Like I didn't recognize that as a wrestling move, but but the 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 the, the fact that they use the yeah the the, the jetpack as part of their you know it's kind of like which of course like is you know, fits right in with John Favreau or doing Iron Man where it's like, oh, you're going to give yourself a little burst from your, you know, your, yeah. uh, um, what the fuck are they called? The, yeah. Turret. I, a, I don't know what they call them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, 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 the, yeah. Like where he'll give himself that boost to get like some air and then punch you on the way down, you know, right. and it's like, so it's like, oh, he's, he's well-versed in that style of fighting to, you know, so of course that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then, um, you know, I kind of like the whole, uh, it was also reminiscent of, um, which episode is it? Is it episode six where they had, where they have the Imperial ship and they're like, Oh, we're going to use this to sneak on. Cause we have oh, the Imperial yeah. code. Sure uh, yeah. <laughs> Fly yeah, casual. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. keep your distance. Look, keep yeah. your distance, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. Right. <laughs> um, but I like the twist on that where it's like, you know, Boba Fett's like, Oh, I'm going to, pretend like I'm chasing you and you have to run away and then I'll just zip off, you know, the light speed. And I thought that was great. The whole kind of like, you know, kind of crashing into the bay, you know, um, I also thought it was neat too, that they showed kind of like how the tie fighters kind of get, you know, dispersed where it's just like, okay, we're bringing you up and you just fucking take off, you know? And it's like, um, so yeah, that was neat. Like all those little details. And then, uh, Let's see, I think probably the next big thing was the fucking dark troopers. Yeah. Like how horrifying that was, like getting into the, you know, the kind of horror aspect of it where it's like, you know, you know, cause I, I, even like in the prequels, like I was never really scared of droids. Right. You know? They're they're really cool. Like they're kind of reveal initially where it's like the big ships and they come down and they they corned off and they all kind of assemble at the same time but then you find out they're dumb like roger roger yeah what was that like go over there like they're very like mindless drones but like that the first time you see them it's kind of like this really cool like reveal but again they, they don't inspire fear yeah, it's like they have numbers, so I could see how if you've got a bunch of them shooting at you. Right. They don't but, have to be accurate. Um, they just have to throw a whole bunch right. of blasters that direction. Yeah. So to kind of see that that moment of like when they're, you know, oh, it takes a while to get activated. So as long as we close the door, it's just like, oh, God. You know, and kind of seeing that where like, you know, one of them pushes through and now Mando, Mando has to fight it. And just like the punishment he takes when the thing is just like punching his head into the, into the wall yeah oh god and then he fought out like that there's a concussion like it's not gonna yeah. dent the best car but your head rattling around right underneath yeah. there like yeah so that that yeah that I part is too vigorously can we talk about the dubstep imperial march theme when those dudes were powering up that's right yeah i was like kind of like little taken aback but i was also like this is badass i liked it a lot like yeah i mean it's 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 appropriate because they're like robots you know and it's like it's it's almost more like they they are i mean they they do have like kind of more of a darth vader quality than a stormtrooper quality in a sense you know and like and it was just yeah it was it well what was weird is it felt out of place but like appropriately so yeah because i feel like alien and off yeah 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 but but like because i feel like this is 
you know, like I said, it, it had like a, a horror vibe to it almost. Like it wasn't just like, okay, you know, like, like in, again, Star Wars, like when all of a sudden you see a bunch of stormtroopers running down the hallway towards the characters, like you're never scared. It's just like, oh, well, they're just going to shoot him. But like, it's this when Vader like, shows oh, up. Like, yeah. Vader, re- like the fear aspect is a huge part of that character's first reveal. Coming out of the smoke, his cape is in the back, and it's yeah. this black suit set against the white of the stormtroopers. And it's terrifying. They move things out of the way. Like, it all, it's all about creating the fear and the, the presence of Vader rather than anything about the stormtroopers. Like, um, so yeah, that, that it, it was also, you know, again, it was one of those things that was just like one thing after another and like, and then, you know, he's done with that battle and then he's going to go fight, uh, what's his face? I, I keep, keep forgetting Gideon. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, of, of course, and that was the thing too. I remember when they, when they ran onto the bridge and they're like, Oh, where's Gideon? I was like, I know where he fucking is. Like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you know, so then of course it's like, and part of me was hoping too that Grogu was going to kind of like, you know, surprise us and be like, oh, I'm going to like force push him against the wall. Right. And, you know, so that's kind of what I was hoping for at that moment. But then it was just like, okay, no, what I got instead was like way better. It's like, yeah, these two can can fight it out. Yeah, great. It was a cool um, setup where like he had burned all of his weapons against the one dark trooper. He didn't yeah. have the little, little uh hellfire i can't remember what those are called like his little, little... is that like a bird name or something i think fury something like that F- something fury i can't remember yeah. so he'd burned all that he'd use his flamethrower he sh- shooting didn't work and then he had to use the spear and then he comes into the next interaction and the spear like that was the thing when he came out of uh uh the shuttle i was like he better have that fucking spear or, or else this is gonna go sideways really fast and he did he had yeah. to cross his back instead of the, yeah it's like good thing rifle. he dug that out of the, the the ruins of his ship yeah and then you you open up the the cell and it's tiny grogu in tiny handcuffs i also like did you see that meme where it's like the stormtroopers like we have baby handcuffs are we the bad guys like, why do we have those it's accurate and then gideon's holding the dark saber over his head like like a fucking monster yeah that guy i, I want to see a movie with him in it where he just plays like a nice guy like i want him to be in a romantic comedy where yeah. he's just like this middle-aged man just to kind of see like is is he just always an asshole or can he you know <laughs> I'd love to see it and have them like play like really intense moments. Like he he puts on the face that's stern and scary and he's just joking. He's like, I'm just messing with you. That's not right, yeah. like to play on like his typecast is like the big bad. That was a solid fight too. Like he, he did some, yeah. some like Vader as chopping wood style. Like he wasn't bad at it. I, it really, I don't understand why Bo-Katan did not leave the bridge at that point. Like, what did she think was going to happen? Right, yeah. If the Darksaber is your whole motivation, why would you, like, you know he's somewhere else. Where else would he be? Like, connect the dots here. Yeah. I. He saw you come in. He left. Why do you think, I mean, he's, the interactions that Gideon has had with Mando have to do with the child. He stole the child. Like, if there's been an attack, he's going to protect the child. I don't like the, the, the dissonance that she would just wait in the cockpit to see what happened. Like 
the dark saber is your birthright why didn't you yeah. go after it i don't that that was really kind of weird with me maybe it yeah. was just like maybe it's a timing thing where like mando right. took him out really quickly they just wanted to wait and see what happened i like that that kind of bothered me but the the fight between him and that's the thing he's like take him and go he turns his back to him like come on mando yeah i was like don't do this like i love that too like whenever he kind of like would hold him with the spear you'd see it like start getting yeah. like white hot and red yeah. it was just like oh shit this isn't this isn't a, a, a you know a save all like you gotta, you gotta do something <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it was sad it's like it's really cool to kind of hear different materials make contact with sabers because mm. like you there's the classes like we've all made the lightsaber noises right but to have it hit metal and I really like kind of the the uh, um, what's the what's the film term for that where they make the noise that the oh, like the foley stage yeah the foley stuff like I really liked that effect where it was like saber on metal king like yeah. that it sounded more like uh, swords and but it still crackled that was really cool yeah he beats the shit out of him and that's the thing I noticed this second time that like. Gideon has blood in his mouth, like for yeah. the rest of the scene, like the whole rest of the episode, he has blood in his mouth from that interaction. Mm -hmm. That's why you wear a fucking helmet. <laughs> I, I love that part too, when he kind of brings him back and, and like, you know, you kind of wonder like with Gideon, like was, was it a contingency? Is he just very quickly to adapt? But the fact that he like knew that Mando having this dark saber yeah. was going to be a problem, you know, like, and it's just like, Oh no, you can't just give it to her. I was just like this fucking guy. <laughs> well, he knew it from the beginning. He's like, Oh, you're keeping me alive. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, I get to see this shit play out. <laughs> and it, it's, it's really kind of interesting. Like I understand the, the importance of the symbol of the saber, but in the same way that like Mando's commitment to leaving his helmet on, Mm. that's the same kind of dogma that Bo-Katan could just be like I'm going to take this saber like it's very it's very much Elder Wand it's very much um, Excalibur like which mm -hmm. is fine like this is Star Wars is is an Arthurian analog I'll, I'll it, like that's fine like um, and I don't know how much like her supporters would be okay with that. I don't know anything about their ideology rather other than what we've seen in these episodes, but it's like, okay, just kick him in the chest and he'll give you the saber. Right. Like that's combat. Yeah, like, just oh. call, like yeah. he didn't yeah. kill Gideon for it. So just have a fight. Like, right. Like that, that's anyway. And then dark troopers come back as they are want to do because they have, jets and they they go to work uh iron man one style on the door yeah <laughs> um when did you know who it was see i feel like i should have known sooner but part of me there was there was an, another jedi that i and, and again this is this is something I, don't, I won't go into too much detail about because we haven't seen the end of um rebels rebels but there was another Jedi that I was like, I wonder if it's going to be this person. So I was kind of like waiting to see. And then uh, again, like they're so good at, um, at giving it to you a piece at a time. You know, I'm sure there were plenty of people the minute they saw a single X-wing is like, Oh, I know who it is, but it was kind of like, yeah. So 
so that was the thing is like I was kind of like I'm 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 not gonna assume anything, you know, like it it, it could be anybody. You I know? didn't like, let myself believe it. I saw it and my mouth went open and I held my breath for the rest of the fucking episode. Cause I was like, Oh my god, is it really? Because I had seen like I, I had been trying to avoid spoilers that day. Usually you can get away with being on Twitter and Instagram like until four thirty when people get off of work. <laughs> but like I had the barest inkling of Luke. Like somebody said something about Luke, but it wasn't like quite adjacent to the story. But I was just like, I can't, can't look at anything else. Yeah. I know somebody's going to show up. I don't know who it is. But the second that flew across the screen, I went and stayed like that my, the whole rest of the episode. So sorry, continue. Well, so, so for me, you know, and I was kind of like, okay, an X Wing. And, you know, I hadn't, for some reason, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. They're like, oh, yeah, Luke is still, you know, he chills out in X Wing, will fly by himself across the fucking galaxy. You know, it was, and I think part of it was like, maybe I didn't think it could have been him. So I was just like, who would it be? Um, and then, and so, yeah, so you get the X Wing, then you get the green lightsaber. So it's like, okay, who do we know that has a green lightsaber? With the black glove. <laughs> well, that that's what did it for me. When, he, when you see the black glove, and then you see the other hand with no glove. And then that's what I was like, is that Luke? It was just like, you know, so, so again, like I, and that was the thing too, is I didn't even know we were going to see a Jedi in this episode. Right. So I was kind of like, you know, thinking if anything, they'll throw in some like third stringer or whatever, you know, um, which like, you know, looking back, it's like, well, who, you know, yes, I guess you could say there might be other Jedi in the galaxy, but, but really who, you know, like, Who's strong um, enough or tapped in enough to have like felt the resonance through the force from Grogu on, on the, the altar. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So, so, I mean, it, yeah, definitely totally made sense, but I remember it was just like, I wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, okay, this is who it's got to be. It was kind of like, okay, we yeah, we got the X wing. Okay. we got a green lightsaber, not a blue. Okay. Oh, and we've got a, you know, yeah. And I, like I said, when I saw the black glove, I was like, wait a minute. And then what really clinched it was the, the the left hand with no when he does a force push, which that's what I was saying. Like it was so perfect the way they did stuff. Like you see, you see the X wing, you see the hooded figure, you know it's a Jedi. You know they were in all black again. That's something that should have given it away. That's exactly how he looked. You know, mm-hmm. in Jedi, you know. But then you see the the green lightsaber. But it's again, tons of Jedi have had green lightsabers. It could have been other people. We don't. It could have been one of those. Jedi that after Order 66, you know, just went into hiding, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, but then, you know, and then, and then the, the person I was thinking of, I was like, well, does that person have a green lightsaber? I, I didn't think so, you know. So, so yeah. So anyway, just that it was like bit by bit. And then it's like, you know, you finally get, and, and, and this is what I want to know too, and maybe you know this, is that like I know Mark Hamill was in the credits. But did he, like, I'm guessing for the fighting, it was just someone else because they're yeah, wearing they had a stunt, stunt yeah, double stunt for double. The, the fighting. But it was but him pulling off the hood. Yeah. That was just like, and the ooh, voice, that was just like, and yeah. the facial, facial, like, mocap stuff was him being de aged and his voice being de aged. Like that. Oh, so he that's, was, okay. That's straight out of Return of the Jedi. That's yeah. him removing the hood looks exactly how he does it to Jabba. Like, yeah yeah so that was just like yeah that that blew the doors off of everything we're just like holy shit and then of course you know as you know we're watching this uh, <laughs> when when he takes goku 
I could have Chris that I'm just like, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna you're gonna wear me like a backpack and run around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like my master trained by yeah. Yoda's race to in turn train. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, your backpack while you run. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, he doesn't want to go with you. He's asking you for permission. And then he, he wants to touch his face and the, yeah. the parallels to let me look on you with my own eyes. And that, oh, that moment is, that. yeah, yeah it, it's just such a, another father son, like, yeah. and Pedro just playing it brilliantly in Sweden. He's looking down at this, this, tiny little thing and telling him not to be afraid and then he'll see him again it's just like so much of that emotion like so and i that's where i want the only thing i would have changed is like have him say his name yeah it's like i'll see you again grogu mm-hmm. like i also wanted him to give him the ball to take with yeah him. right yeah. like i don't know like i imagine he had the, it in his pocket he yeah. found it in the debris yeah. right and he had it with him so it my, just like, my, I kept waiting for that my thinking was that like maybe he's keeping it to remember him like he doesn't have anything of Grogu's. So like the thing that was like, but I, that would have been a cool moment. if like, yeah, that, and I keep seeing like the, somebody does like a, a um, an aged up Grogu where he's dressed oh, as yeah. a, a Jedi and it has the creed of like master Grogu. I thought we weren't supposed to have attachments. And he's like, no, that's not the point. Like the point is our attachments give us strength. They're not fear of losing them is not powerful. Like they're what allow us to overcome that fear. And he says that this is the way at the end of it. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. And he's holding like, the ball levitating in his yeah. hand. Yeah. And he's got a lightsaber and it's just like, mm-hmm. I, that's canon as far as I'm concerned. Like that. Yeah. Like, Only yeah. is the shoulder armor yeah, too. The with pauldron the, yeah. with the, yep. the mud horn on it. Yeah. And that that's, yeah. So it, it's so, I mean, Luke Chop, there's so much to unpack on this. Like, this could have been the whole episode was just talking about this episode. Like, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the, the, the face de aging thing. I think this is the best it's looked, honestly. Um, it, it's it on the first watch, I was just so pleased to fucking see Luke Skywalker yeah. that I didn't care. Like, yeah, it, it, and there's it, a, I feel like there's a part of your brain too that knows that's obviously not him. He's not that young, right. so it's just like it's it's fake. You know? And the it's voice, like, like the voice, was eerily similar to a younger Mark Hamill. Like that yeah. that effect was really good. I thought, but like watching it the second time, there's some weird stuff with the mouth, and it's not yeah. perfect. Like I honestly am of the opinion, like the Tarkin rendering is really good in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's really solid. Like they're they're they keep pushing this technology and one day they're going to get it. Like that's, that's Mm -hmm. just, so I I'm, I'm willing to forgive that. I don't really care. It was just so cool to see fucking Luke and recognize him as Luke. This, when he, I almost thought it was Sebastian Stan when he took the hood off. Cause like Sebastian Uh. Stan is such a dead ringer for Luke, like, or for Mark Hamill, they they've been doing that kind of fan casting for a long time, like with the stubble. And if he has the same hair, he looks really similar to Mark Hamill when he was younger. So I almost thought that cause he's part of the Disney family with uh, winter soldier. So it would have been, it would have made sense, but that, but like the voice was there. He like, I kind of like as much fan service was in this episode. If he said, I'm, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you or something like it might've been a little cheesy, but he didn't even identify himself. He just said he was a Jedi. Yeah. So like, that was, 
that was like a little i would have liked a little more like i'm luke skywalker or whatever but um he fucking decimates those droids like and there's that moment where like i'm watching is like i know this is luke and i know everybody who fucking hated last jedi is just creaming their jeans right now because this is the way luke is supposed to be and they're really mad that he didn't end up like this in in the end and that that little part of my brain was like i i i acknowledged that i had that thought and i was like this is too enjoyable to ruin with that thought it doesn't matter who likes this because this is amazing it's it is the luke that we wanted to see like because yeah. we never got to see him full power like when he fought vader he had this reserve and he became a Jedi Knight or master in that moment. He like, it was his final trial, but we've never gotten to see him chop wood. Like we knew he could, and right. he did it in this and the way he moves, man, uh, there's one move where he pulls the saber from behind his, like across his body, deflects a bolt into the next guy. Like it's the mm -hmm. sexiest saber move I've ever seen in any of these. Like he just moved so fluidly and he, he like, that was the thing. Like the motion looked like Luke, how he would force push, how he would do things. Mm -hmm. Like it, it felt like Luke moving. Like it was a good like movement study. And like, it, it was incredible. It, it just, it's fan service, like, like pure and simple. And it's the best kind. Cause he just, he chopped wood and he fucking, he was so cool and he wasn't in a rush. He wasn't angry. There was no, it was all just so fluid. Yeah. He's like full fledged Jedi master. Like he he's now the master and it, it, he doesn't have any ego. He doesn't have any anger. He doesn't have, this isn't a trial. This is just a Jedi responding to a threat and protecting people. And the pair, obviously there are the parallels to the rogue one Vader hallway fight. And that was so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Like father, like son, just chopping down <laughs> this room. Like, and they've all, like people have done scene by scene comparison where like their saber moves are similar. They have similar oh, styles, cool. which, and they would like learning from Obi-Wan, like mm -hmm. they would have similar fighting styles. Like I, it was incredible, man. Like, how did you feel watching him fight? Like, I know you realize when he like, like how did you how did you feel like? Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing is like it wasn't because it didn't occur to me till like later on. I feel like I kind of missed out on uh, the, oh a God, different oh level God, oh of appreciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it was definitely like it was cool to see a Jedi, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like you know, that, that, I guess that same sort of sense, like what I was saying earlier about like when, when, um, base Windu goes up against Django Fett, you know, and it's like, it's like, you're, we're, we're not just talking about like, Oh, you've got a gun. I'm bringing a sword to a gunfight, you know, right. like, like, this is like, you're all in trouble. Like there's, there's <laughs> nothing, you know, it's like, it's that idea that like, okay, you know, yes, you have a gun, but when you're going up against someone where that gun may as well be a pea shooter like you're right. fucked you're all fucked you know and it was and you know i think that's one of the things that um you know yeah there are very few moments where that kind of hammers itself home because again a lot of the times you see people with guns going up against other people with guns 
or people with lightsabers going up against people with lightsabers, you know? And so there's this kind of evenly matched thing. And, you know, it's this idea that like, you know, yeah, like I don't care how many guns you have, if you have, you know, this Jedi who's just going to plow through you like a hot knife through butter, you know? And um, it was just good to see that. It was good to see that like, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't care about your dark troopers. He doesn't care about how, how much more indestructible they are than any other droids or any stormtroopers. He's just going to cut through them just the same, you know? And, um, you know, and just in general, like I said, that's always been my favorite part of star Wars is like all the, the Jedi stuff and the force stuff. And, you know, and that idea that like, yeah, like it looks, you know, like a, like a ballet, you know, that, that, you know, how they, they portray that sort of like extra sensory awareness of their environment and how they move through it. And it's like, you know, it's like every move is choreographed, you know, and, and, you know, even that, that was something we really didn't see play out that well until episode one, where it was so fast and so accurate. And so like, you know, the only way you could do that is either a, it is choreographed (laughs) or, you know, B, you've got that extra, you know, sensory, sensory, like predictability for where that lightsaber is going to be. So you can block it in time and move to the next thing, Um, you know, and so, so to get that, that same sort of sense of just, yeah, like he is just kind of like, like, almost like everything's moving in slow motion around him, you know, like that, like the, like the matrix video game, you know, where it's like, Oh, like I can, or was it Max Payne? I think did that too, you know, where you could, yeah. Where you could slow everything down and be like, okay, I'm going to move out of the way of this and stab this and do this. And I'm moving in regular time and everything's slow. And I feel, I see like that's, that's maybe the one thing I would like to see in star Wars too, is kind of showing a fight from the perspective of a Jedi and show that bullet time type thing where everything's moving in slow motion, but they're moving regular speed and kind of like, you know, able, you know, cause again, it's usually two Jedi or Jedi and a Sith. So you've got, right. you know, they're both moving at that speed, you know? Um, yeah. So also, I, and I, I've only seen it once. So I should go back and rewatch it, but I do want to make that comparison to, to rogue one. Um, yeah. It's, it's startling. Like that, that's, that's what I thought is like, Oh shit. Skywalker boys. And always <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like ever since daredevil season one, it's been like every hallway fight has been amazing. Like that's just, that's mm. the new trope is like a badass hallway fight yeah. and you add lightsabers and it just elevates it way up. Like I, yeah, it it's, yeah, I, I'm, how do you come away from this episode and not just smile ear to ear? Like I, it just was like, and even like with, with my last Jedi fandom, I'm like, there's a world where this badass Jedi becomes jaded and gives the fuck up like that. That's I I'm okay with that. Those two living my, and it like for me, continuity ends with that one. Cause I'm a fuck boy. And I, I, I <laughs> I'm just not receiving anything that I didn't like. I, I should really watch nine again. Like after this, it, this might give me a little bit more leniency to just like enjoy Star Wars for what it is and not wish it was something else. Cause that's, I mean, this was all wish for fulfillment. Like this, this yeah. season especially was like everything I thought I wanted, they gave to me and everything I didn't know I needed, they gave to me. Yeah. Right. Like I wanted Boba Fett to be a badass. They gave that to me. I wanted to see Luke just at the height of his power. Cause that's the thing we learn every, we learn a lot from every lightsaber fight in the original trilogy, right? Like there's a big, big emotional moment when Obi-Wan dies in that one, that's an, an older man and his, his, uh, 
former apprentice and he gives up and it, it's like this father figure that uh, uh, Luke had for a little while and lost and that motivates a lot of what goes forward. In Empire, it's like a, a fledgling Jedi still working out its powers against a ma- like Vader, a master who knows that he's his son and is toying with him. So that's why that one plays out. And I think that might be arguably the best lightsaber battle in those ones because of the story that it's telling and the iconic like imagery, like the way that mm-hmm. sequence is shot is just incredible. And the third one is about like unbridled rage. That's why Luke beats the shit out of Vader eventually is because his rage is overpowering his his relationship with his father and his father doesn't want to kill him and his father is having to balance my boss is right there (laughs) he wants (laughs) me to kill you he wants you to kill me and i don't want to do that so like the storytelling that but it again it's not none of those are a dance right like they're all telling a story but it, it like you said it's not until we get to that first like the the uh well not even the first but like when you get to duel of fates Mm-hmm. And I, I watched the first few episodes of the gallery and heard Filoni talk about the importance of that lightsaber battle. Right? My yeah. God, that dude could wax poetic. Like I, that's I'm not talking down to it at all. It was a beautiful thesis. Like I was so just so happy to hear him talk about it. And like the way that those directors in the room felt, I felt. I was like, oh my God, this guy gets it. That's why he's made such universally appreciated stories is because he gets it like at the very core of it like oh man like i felt better about the prequels after watching those like feloni's giving me i mean feloni's just only improved the quality of the prequels by his involvement in the franchise oh definitely yeah um yeah i mean it's just like luke's back and then r2 shows up and R2 recognizes Grogu. Like, that's what that little can dance was. Like, yeah. oh my God, he's still alive. Like, R2 <laughs> like, remembers. Like, he doesn't. Like, You're not going to hit me with a stick, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny to me, like, R2 doesn't recognize Yoda, but he did a lot of traveling with Yoda in yeah. Clone Wars. Like, obviously, there's continuity shifts and that, like, but they fight deliberately, um, which is odd. Well, I, well don't they be, at one point don't they say at the end of something like oh wipe these droids memories or something like that i i know they definitely wipe 3po's memory in mm-hmm. uh revenge of the sith but they don't with r2 oh okay so i think in clone wars at one point they wipe r2's memory but i don't remember when that happens so it, it's yeah i don't hmm. but it, it just was like that was that's the thing. It's like, here's the first cute cute character in Star Wars, R2, right? We all love mm-hmm. R2. And to have him meet Grogu, who has become like the, the carrier of the torch of like the cuteness right. in Star Wars, was really kind of a cool thing I wasn't expecting. And it was great. Like it wasn't in the, the, the sequel trilogy or like whenever uh, 3PO shows up in something and it seems like really kind of ham fisted like in Rogue One he didn't really need to be there but he's there mm-hmm. like it just was like it was a pleasant surprise like oh yeah R2 would be there obviously and then he like little recognizes the little dude like that was really cool like yeah and then the post credits 
Like I, yeah. not, not to move ahead of like, uh, uh, how are you like uh, you and I, I like last Jedi more than you do. You mm-hmm. like uh, rise of Skywalker more than I do. So how did you feel with this kind of like the seeing Luke do this in light of kind of how Skywalker he, Luke is treated in those films? Like, um, well, so, oh, one of the things I wanted to mention before I forget is that last night I was reading a comic book. I think it was from about a year ago. And they, like, Marvel released a series where it's, like, Age of Republic, and it has a bunch of one-shots, and then Age of Rebellion, a bunch of one-shots, and then Age of Resistance. And there's a Luke Skywalker front one. And at the end, they have, like, a little a little write-up, kind of like... Um, and the one I read, it had, it, it was, it had parts from an interview with... Um, uh, Mark Hamill and he was saying how he was always like disappointed that like you know six ended kind of where it did at the height of Luke's power or not the, not even the height but like at the like when he f- sort of arrived he's like you know it's like watching a, a James Bond movie learning how he gets his license to kill and then the movie ends right and, and you never get to see him like use this you know it's like so it was kind of like all build up and kind of no payoff um, and I think like one of the things too with the whole uh, sequel trilogy is that so much time has passed and nothing's been explained and it's enough time where it's like sure anything can kind of happen in that span of time right so you know and 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 a lot of you know a lot of what what they decided on is kind of just like it's basically a decision, you know, and you can kind of, I feel like justify kind of anything and say, well, you know, a lot of time has passed, so it could make sense that this happens. But, but the fact that we never got to take that journey and see like what, like, like sure. There's the whole thing of Luke dealing with um, uh, Kylo Ren and, and, but, but what brings him to be like, oh, I've got to murder my nephew in cold blood, you know, like, like that, that seems extreme. Like, uh, and I understand the whole idea of him being like, oh, I'm a failure. I have to run and hide to, to some degree, but also it's just kind of like, but is that like his first step as a Jedi? Like, okay, I, I just killed my father. Now I'm going to turn around and start a school. Oh man, my, my nephew's evil and I need to kill him. No, I shouldn't. Oh, he took a, okay, I'm done. You know, like, I think there's more time in there. So I guess I, I would have figured maybe he would have gained some confidence and, and then maybe that's part of what kind of what he's, you know, I know I, I, I do agree with what he says about the whole, you know, the hubris of the, of the Jedi during the Republic where they just kind of like got to the point of just like, we're right. We're untouchable. Like, I get that, but, like, for for him, he didn't have that baggage. Right. You know, and I guess and for, I guess for me, I always saw it as a strength that he was finding all of this stuff out on his own. Right. Not a, not a weakness. And I feel like, and maybe that's the thing I'm most disappointed in, is that they almost, I, I feel like they played that as a weakness because he didn't have this whole society and school telling him how to be a Jedi. That's why he failed. Whereas like, to me, I feel like, well, if the flaw is in that whole society, not having that should have been an advantage to him. And he should have been able to kind of construct the Jedi order to be what he wanted it to be. Right. And, 
and I never really, I guess I never saw him as that arrogant of a person that he could be like, oh, I'm going to have a new, you know, a, a new generation of Jedi, which I feel like is a, is, a, is a great thing to want to have, to bring that light back to the galaxy. So, so uh, basically, this is a long roundabout way of saying, like, I feel like if we knew, and again, because of the stuff that's written, um, you know, like the, the, the Timothy Zahn stuff or whatever yeah. is not canon anymore. So instead of having a story of, you know, something that actually picked up right after episode six, instead we jumped 30 years and like, oh, this is where the story continues, but we have no idea what happened in there. Right. So, so having said all that, mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I really like to, to be able to see, okay, cool. Like this is who Luke is, you know, after having gone through his trial, you know, he's, he's a Jedi. He's like, okay, now I'm going to start researching, start figuring out how to do this. Um, and we at least got to see some good that he's done, you know, like that he can get to that point that he can, you know, sense this, this little, you know, 50 year old Jedi calling him from across the galaxy and show up and tear through this room and rescue him and take him and train him. Um, but part of it's kind of interesting too, because now kind of what I know about what happens is like, like what, like what, what does he do to fuck up? I guess, you know, like, is it that, you know, are they, I, and I almost, I, I had this thought too, like, is, is it something about him training Grogu that kind of like fucks things up, you know, like, cause you know, I think, you know, you have been saying this, it was almost like they were hinting that there's a degree of dark side in Grogu. And it's like, you know, he has to learn how to wield these powers. Otherwise, you know, he'll be dangerous, you know? Right. So it's like in, in sort of filling in a little bit about Luke's story, like, is that, is that part of what this is, you know, are they going to bring into it where, you know, him training Grogu is actually what kind of, you know, either puts a crack in his armor or, or does he become arrogant because he trains Grogu and that's what makes him think he can do no wrong. Like, um, which could help justify like all the problems I have with the prequel, with the sequel trilogy, you know, like if you, if you tell a compelling story on how he became that fucking schlub, then, <laughs> then sure. You know, but to just I, say like, Oh, Luke's a piece of shit now. Right. You know, I, I think like, as much as I like last Jedi, like the impulse to kill your nephew as the first response makes no sense. Okay. There, thank you. There's, that, no, yeah. no, so absolutely. That's one of my big problems. No, 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 no. It's just kind of like, I, I, yeah. Like, and that's the thing, like what, what I, what I interpret like the, the, his commentary on hubris is like that Jedi have to be the defenders of the galaxy. That's the problem I see is like for, because you have this magic power, you somehow have earned the right to defend people like you you're on this moral high ground like you like that i think that's the hubris that and that's the thing like he doesn't carry he, he carries the baggage of the jedi because of the way he was trained right he was very i always say this like he was a blunt tool they trained mm -hmm. him to kill vader and that's that's kind of a failing of Yoda and Obi Wan. I always thought right. it's like they trained him to be the tool, and they never imagined the possibility that Anakin could be turned back. And and that that's that's a flaw. That's hubris. That's that's the Jedi thinking that there's their way or no way. There's no right. gray area. So what? I, and that's the thing. Like he has the Jedi texts. He doesn't fucking read them. 
like and and that's i luke is still very much farm boy right like i i feel like if you come of age and you like experience the larger universe through this rebellion like there's a bit of you that becomes disaffected and doesn't really understand things and like you kind of move through the galaxy in a certain way like you're constantly running right run to the Mm -hmm. thing run to the thing defend the thing and then train and then like through through yoda's training and kind of like when he returns to that after like return of the jedi like there's some centering and what's next okay train the next generation like that's his next task like and and i i think that's always what I was interested in, like the Jedi Academy trilogy. Like I was really fascinated with him, like going out and recruiting and finding other force users and like building up the temple. Right. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Grogu might be a success. Honestly, I don't mm. think he's a failure. I mean, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause they talked about, somebody was saying something about Yoda being like, uh, attaining the level of master at a hundred and being a Jedi for 800 years after that. Like, that's how quickly... But that's a long time. Grogu's right. 50. That 50 right. years is a long time. So I, I'm not sure, like, how that all works. But, like, again, again I, I kind of went rambling all over because that's it's Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. But what I wanted to say, like, I concede absolutely that Luke reacting to his nephew with i'm gonna kill this bitch like what where does that how like and i know that they've explored a little of this like with the the knights of ren mini series that's a, a a comic series that they did oh okay um where those guys actually do things rather than the movie <laughs> um but i guess in that a lot of what happens is like through his influence the palpatine via snoke makes kylo ren destroy the temple like blow it the fuck up Mm -hmm. um grogu's like not referenced obviously he didn't he wasn't a twinkle in filoni's eye at that point yet um right but it's it you're right like with that huge gap and i'm not sure that they're wrong to like have said it that far in the future like i think if they tried to do the the five years after return of the jedi and recast han leia and luke like it would have burned to the ground like nobody would have been happy with that regardless of how good it was like we weren't ready for that we are now we're totally ready for that now because we've had a sequel trilogy that nobody can agree on yeah so it's yeah like you're totally right that like with that time gap it is sad to see luke not ever reach his potential we don't get to see him be what he trained to be hoped that he would be actually became like and it, yeah i as i and i i always call last jedi like the punk rock star wars because it just says fuck you to everything and i just enjoy that like and i think i think luke at the end of last jedi how he delays uh um kylo with that force mm-hmm. projection i think that might be the most jedi thing ever like it's so f- with the flow it's not violent it's 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 enough to get, allow them to escape i think it's so badass like i i think it just it it's totally the inversion of our expectations 
mm-hmm. but we didn't get to see Luke do anything other than that. And I, it, it, for some people, it's not enough to like, it's not enough of a payoff. I totally agree. That's why this was so badass. That's why it's felt so good to see him chopping wood. Like, right. It, it just, yeah. And this is why our friendship has been maintained because we can have this conversation and not right. fucking eat each other alive. Cause like right. we both can concede that this thing is not perfect in any of the, even our favorite iterations of it. Like it's a flawed thing. And now it's time for great ideas that go absolutely nowhere. And, and I think one of the things I, I realized the other day too, is that I, I think I almost would have want, would have rather seen Luke go full dark side in the sequel trilogy. Yeah. That would have been know? cool. Like, Oh, like, what a good villain. Yeah. Oh my God. That would have been good. Which, which I feel like would also have kind of followed with the, the pattern of, you know, the main character of the, the prequel trilogy becomes the main villain of the, the original trilogy so that the main you know hero of the, the, the original trilogy becomes the villain of the sequel trilogy. Oh, and then we and, would have gotten Dark Ray for the next one. Like that, if they had continued with that, right. how cool. Yeah. That would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I said that just occurred to me the other day when I was kind of thinking about this, like after watching and seeing, see, that's the Luke I wanted to see. You know what? You know, why did it have to be? You know, and I kind of got back into that mindset. But I think that's that's part of it too, is that like at least with that, it's 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 tragic, but it's also like there's a symmetry to it and there's a there's a, a, a I guess a balance to it, you know, as opposed to just like um you know, oh, Luke's just a little bitch now, you know, which again, everyone says, well, he was a little bitch at the beginning of episode four. It's like, yeah, he was fucking 17. Like, he's like 60 now. You're telling me he hasn't grown from 17 to six, you know, like that was always my thing with that. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. He whines about going into town to pick up power converters when he's 17 years old. Like he's a grown ass man now. Like, um, or like, or if, you know, if, if it would have been something like him, going off to be on his own to sort of like protect the galaxy. Like, like for example, if, if he realized that if the Jedi were to grow, then the Sith would, would also grow. So I need to the remove myself because, rushes. because yeah. yeah, because with no Jedi, then there's no Sith. That's something I could have gotten behind. Right. But the fact that he watched the Sith grow and then said, fuck it, I'm out. Good luck galaxy. Here's, here's a new Sith rising and I'm just going to bail. Like, like that, that choice to me, and it wasn't even in, and that's the thing too, I get with Yoda, like they were actively being hunted and right. it was already the superpower that had just decimated the, the Jedi. And then here's Yoda all by himself. Like, is he going to go up against the whole fucking empire? No, of right. course he goes into hiding. And the, the Luke, level of manipulation like that, at that you know? point too, like the, yeah. the emperor had played both sides for a long time, right under their fucking yeah. nose. So Yoda's like, and he tries, man. He gives it his best college try. Yeah. Like, and then he got the Senate thrown at him. Like, literally. Like, nope, nope, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so that I get, you know. Um, but like, yeah, I just, I don't, you know, it. Sure, it's it's one of many poth- possible paths Luke could have taken, but it was it was the choice, I guess, to go down that path when I feel like there were so many more 
interesting paths you know like again even if he had gone dark side like to me i would have been heartbroken but i would have been like oh what a good fucking story that's going to be and also like what a great role for mark hamill or returning mark hamill to be a maniacal like we've seen him do that just pitch perfectly like it would not have been like that's the thing we're we're in the position where we we can uh, man i'm right back in it man i (laughs) i spent so we, we didn't realize that we just transitioned to the last part of the podcast about our great ideas that go nowhere. Exactly. You know, like yeah. If we had written this, the sequel trilogy, what would we have done? Yeah. Well, let, we can, cont- we'll continue that, but let's go, go back to the, the post credits <laughs> real quick, just before we, we oh, yeah. lose too okay. much track. Like, sorry. Yeah. I love fat bib Fortuna. Like I yeah, love that, that he's like got the giant tail. Like he's trying to be Jabba. Like he's trying mm-hmm. to fit in that seat. and oh i'm so excited for what that is like book of boba fett like i i my interpretation of the book of boba fett is like everyone who's wronged me is now going to die he has a little black book and he's gonna kill everybody like bosk dead uh uh cad bane if he's still around dead all of the clones that sound like my dad dead dead (laughs) dead like that's like taking over the criminal underworld from jabba's palace like that's how i interpret it like it's gonna be tales from jabba's palace with him just killing everybody (laughs) yeah i mean i I, i'm on board for whatever that is just because it's like although i I shouldn't say that because what, what does make me a little apprehensive is him sort of like just sitting on the throne Mm-hmm. is like but but i want i want to see him do stuff right yeah so is yeah. he just kind of just going to be like the new jabba or is he going to be like i run this shit but i'm like hands-on you know right Which I, I, i'm guessing that's more what he'll be so yeah i i don't think they would have committed to a mini series of just him sitting and pointing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean he's got the dad bod thing too so he and bib fortuna have taken the jabba body image is <laughs> right yeah it's like this is what happens you get fat and then you get it in charge <laughs> i did like that though like everybody on line like defending him like people were making fun of his dad but it's like you leave oh, yeah. boba fett alone man like <laughs> he looks good he yeah it's the armor I mean, like he, he it's star wars like why why do we have an unrealistic body image for characters in space like leave <laughs> yeah insane yeah i mean and I, I yeah i remember a few people were like you know yeah what was it yeah someone saying something like hey if you spent however long in a sarlacc pit and this this and that you'd put it on put on some weight too and it's like why are we talking about this like <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even notice that's the other thing is like who's really paying that it's boba fett why are you yeah. looking at his body he's in the armor like... I, mean, I think what, what bothered me more was that he he was still wearing like that robe so yeah. it was almost like Boba Fett in a dress, which like, I mean, it had almost kind of like a, a Neo kind of aesthetic yeah. to it, you know, like, but it was kind of like, I mean, you know, I don't know if that was part of it where it's like, okay, if he, you know, if the actor was a little bit more overweight, okay, well, if he's wearing this robe, it'll kind of, you know, hot, but it's like, I guess I would, yeah, part of me was kind of like, I would like to see him in pants. Like, I feel that seems more utilitarian, you know. Right in terms of that but i mean he was still able to fight just as well so i guess it works so doesn't Man, matter <laughs> when he beats that storm tr- like breaks the face with the gaffy oh, yeah. stick just like ah oh, so good yeah. he hasn't even picked up a blaster in that moment yet uh and he's not even in the armor 
He's so oh so good. So good. <laughs> like I I don't know if that was my favorite episode or the finale was. Honestly, I just yeah. I think I think I was waiting for Boba Fett more than I was for Luke. Yeah, like, I wasn't expecting Luke, but I yeah, right. I knew Boba Fett was coming, but I, yeah, I had yeah. Which I yeah, I guess you could play it both ways is that the fact that I was expecting Boba and then got it like that made that episode great but the fact that i wasn't expecting luke and that i got luke was what made the finale great you know yeah man okay i like i don't know if you noticed on twitter mark hamill was like seen any good tv oh (laughs) what a troll he is oh so good oh so good (laughs) that man totally realizes his social media cachet that's like he he totally understands his place in the zeitgeist he's so good um but Okay, more uh, like so. Mark had like Luke as as the Sith Force in that would be a great sequel trilogy. I think the lazy answer for me is like I I would have done the Thrawn trilogy. I, I yeah, it would have been difficult like to to really pull that off honestly. Like um, I don't like the the Han Solo trilogy not not his uh, origin story but like the Carillion trilogy where he. They have the twins and they're visiting Corellia to like open up trade negotiations. And like, that's a really interesting kind of weird story that would have been cool to see. And you kind of, if you focus in on Han and kind of that family, Han and Leia and their kids as kind of like this next generation would have been interesting. I think like tossing out a lot of that canon was kind of counterproductive. I mean, there was a lot in it, yeah. like, and like, I guess Jedi Academy trilogy would have been a, a nice, like also easy one to do where it's like, okay, Jedi Academy's established. We have this evil spirit, like uh, XR Kun, that kind of thing with the star crusher, another like planet destroyer. Like that would have been cool. Like, but um, I don't know what, I don't know that I've thought, and that's the thing. Like, I think after last Jedi, I stopped the part of my brain that like, was thinking about like having expectations or like fan casting or imagining what could be next really like because after that is like i've been doing this my whole life and that film totally just shit on all of the ideas that i had and i liked it like so i think since that like it's not since like mandalorian and all the stuff that they're coming out and man are they coming out with a whole bunch of stuff now like like now I'm starting to like do that again. And it's weird. Like, I feel like my, that part, that muscle of my brain is fatigued, like, or, mm-hmm. or atrophied. Cause I haven't been fan speculating about star Wars in a, for a long time. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what I would have do, done with a sequel trilogy other than like, not make, I would have made Ray a nobody. And I don't, I, the first order I always thought was kind of a weird, like I like the idea of like an Imperial remnant. And that's the thing. Like I, I really liked about the Thrawn trilogy. Like they were moving towards like, there is a, a confederation and I'm not going to say pardon the pun. Cause it's obvious. Like that's what the, the empire represents is like this civil war, shitty xenophobic, like confederacy, like for them to be, wanting to be governed under the imperial system and having to coexist with the new republic i always thought that was like an interesting 
element and having those two established as like coexisting or trying to, and then like kind of fringe characters on both sides, still fighting the war. Um, and I guess that's what the first order is a little bit, but the first order just got really big, really quick out of nowhere. That's kind of the development I would have liked to see is like mm. how the Imperial remnant became even more radicalized into this, like, really really shitty scary almost super nazi thing like i mean obviously like obviously the empire is is a regime like the nazis like that that's it's a direct comp they're called stormtroopers like it, it, it's it's not even subtle so like it doesn't make it, it, it it's a nice parallel but i i i don't know like <sighs> I don't know if now I want the politics because I'm older and I've kind of experienced the politics of like being aware of politics in my real life, but also like kind of in interested in liking the intrigue of the politics in Clone Wars and in the prequels, like despite it being about trade, like a trade embargo is the worst fucking <laughs> premise for a Star Wars movie. We've all, we, we can all kind of agree on that, but like just kind of how, I think that it's again, it's a distance thing. I don't think I would have said it so far in the future. I think that would have been my, my main issue, right? Like, yeah. I think another thing too is like I feel like I would have made the world very different because like you know we have the original trilogy where you know things are kind of shitty, and we go back to the prequel where it's like oh it's the kind of height of civilization, right? And I feel like with the sequels things are kind of shitty the way they are in the yep. original trilogy like we we we, we kind of hear that oh there's this new republic but it gets destroyed immediately but it doesn't seem like the world has kind of built itself up i mean granted it would be kind of cool to explore that like oh yeah even though you know we have these worlds that are have been built up like there are still shitty worlds and i guess we see that on what's the um the one in eight the the casino planet or whatever right uh you know I'm trying to remember the name it, yeah I, whatever I it's called yeah so i mean i think it would have been cool to kind of i guess see the world getting back to uh putting itself together and then maybe have that trilogy be about it being torn down again instead of being like again something that happened in the meantime was it did build itself back up we immediately tore it back down again um and we're kind of back where we started um, also, I was thinking it would be kind of cool if we did get some of like Luke and Mara Jade and maybe, yeah. you know, we get another of like, you know, where she she dies. And that's kind of what helps lead him to the dark side again with this whole like, you know, attachment well, also stuff cool like that. Is like as they're rebuilding. Right. Like and there's still an Imperial remnant, like a big bad or Luke comes up and they have to band together like that makes the differences in in philosophy change right like and 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 that it becomes this kind of new alliance that is protecting this new world that they're building and it kind of brings the galaxy together against luke right like and then he it, again the skywalkers bring balance to the galaxy not just the force right. right like that that makes all of the like xenophobia and like all of that stuff like it it and that's the thing like kind of the empire as it develops further and further away from what um, uh, Palpatine made it, right? Like people get less and less indoctrinated by it. And I think that's maybe what the first order serves 
as is like the extremists all went into this one group where the empire was no longer as intolerant as they needed it to be like, yeah. and they broke away to be that thing. Um, yeah, no, I like that idea about like trying to re reform the galaxy, like, and rebuild. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and, you know, and that's the thing it kind of, it, it, it is what it is. And I've kind of like made my peace with it in some sense, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad that like we have this, you know, there's this, this possibility for, you know, more stories in that, that era that immediately following episode six kind of time frame, which I would, I guess I would like to see, I mean, not that we're going to see that much of like Luke Han and Leia, you know, cause again, that would have to be like, okay, we have to spend all this money de-aging them and whatever. Um, but you know, just kind of knowing that we make it inklings of, of what they're up to, you know? Yeah. Um, Honestly, like, I think we, we have Einreich who could play Han. I think Sebastian Stan could play Luke. We just need to cast a, a Leia, which is, I think the hardest one because Carrie Fisher was in it, like just, as good as possible like that archetype exists because it was carrie fisher like mm -hmm. that character is so so synonymous with her as a figure like I, it, that's the hardest part and i think that might be what is preventing them from recasting is because yeah who can step yeah. into that role fuck fuck harrison ford as as han solo like that you there's an attitude to that you can kind of plug somebody in like i think right. einreich did a really good job that seemed impossible but when i think about trying to get somebody to capture leia that's i don't know how you do that yeah well and they in rogue one they used her her daughter right for like some of the the, the like the, the the physical acting and then they put the i think so yeah yeah so at least they were kind of starting with a similar genetic template that they were building on. So I don't know, maybe she could do it. And at least it's like, well, you know, it's, she doesn't look like her, but you know, yeah. there's some similarities. She, she's in the opening of last Jedi, right? I think she's in a, well, she's in, um, uh, um, rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I think, yeah, she's definitely in last Jedi. I think she's also in rise of Skywalker too. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's like one of the one of the rebel people. It's kind gotcha. of she was also in Booksmart. <laughs> oh, okay. Who does she play in Booksmart? That like crazy girl, the one who like um I'm trying to think. She keeps kind of like popping up all over the place. Like whenever they go from party to party, like she's there. Oh, uh, oh, okay. What's her name? Billy Lord, I think her name is. That's a good movie. Although I, she might be kind of young if they're doing Sebastian Stan as Luke. Right. They might not look as much twins. like twins. <laughs> we'll just de-age Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yeah. De-age everybody. They'll just be big. We'll do uh, uh, Star Wars babies, like Muppet Baby. <laughs> right. Love it. All right. Well, that's about enough of that. And here's Tim with the final word. Grogu. We'll see you next time.